Tuesday and welcome to Game Face, episode 328 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host for the next couple hours of intense game discussion. And alongside me, I have two co-hosts, Matt Kyle and Luna Kyle. (laughs) Just like clockwork, when the show starts, she hops up here. It is really uncanny. And it's weird that we did the show for so long and she never did that. Well, she had to get used to you. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Yep. Yep, now she's a permanent co-host of Game Face. Hope you guys are doing good. Hope you guys have had a great week since we last saw you guys. I, however, have not. I've actually had a really rough week. Um, one of my best friends from my hometown died this week. Um, I realized after he passed it, he may have been my best friend. Um, I don't really call friends. I don't scale friends. Like, I never really looked at life that way. But this mm-hmm. guy, I knew from five years old and because my parents were divorced i jumped around so much that this is like the only friend that i had that i ended up knowing like my whole life very closely um we went through all our phases together we were just like we were like jocks or whatever when we were kids we played sports and then we started break dancing and then we started skateboarding and then we started going to punk and hardcore shows and then we started raving together like we went through all the phases of our life together and he passed away in his 40s um sean patrick lee rest in peace so it has been a rough week it's hard to play games when stuff like this happens mm-hmm. um i started feeling a little bit better in the last couple of days so i really just like the last two days i have just played games like a madman to try, try to get ready for the show uh, but it's been a tough tough week for your boy shane so um uh if you're the type maybe send out some positive vibrations to his parents he was an only child and he was their only child um <laughs> starting to anyway <laughs> it's been a tough week i'll just leave it at that so hopefully you guys week has been better that's all i can say about it um but games are coming out we've got a big game to talk about today there's a big event this week too um lots of housekeeping to get to lots of little stories that maybe or maybe we should have had some of these as full topics for game face um maybe i judged it wrong but Lots of housekeeping stuff to get to, and some big, big time stuff. I mean, we can turn anything to a full topic. <laughs> You're right. You and I. It is crazy, Matt. You and I can talk about anything for a really, really long time. It's really interesting. Like, I don't know well, we're, why. We're straight white guys. <laughs> I guess why. is that it? Yes. <laughs> but some crazy stuff happened this week that we, we have opinions. Yeah, we definitely are opinionated. <laughs> That's for sure. A man is here <laughs> with his opinion. Yeah. Um. Yeah, follow us on Twitter, by the way, if you, if you like opinionated Uh-oh. people. <laughs> Jedi, Jedi Survivor delayed to April 28th. Nuh-uh. That's what they're saying in That's the chat. That's surprising. Well, there you go. There's another piece of housekeeping that we wouldn't have got to, except for you guys. Uh, April 28th, that's not a big delay. That's, that's, not not too, a, that's like a month. Yeah, that's, that's not, not a big bad. deal. Yeah, that's not a reason for alarm if you have it on it your fantasy It is interesting that that puts it out of the fiscal. It does. Actually, you're right. Interesting. So something... Something was needed, which means that that was a there was something. Yeah, that that was required. That somehow. was a big deal because yeah. you've already got the, because um, you've already got the, um, uh, like marketing plan in place at this point. Yeah, like you're, oh, yeah, yeah you're, like you've already got the ad buys. Like in. that stuff's shipping to the dis- distribution warehouses already, almost. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty fast change. So they found something. That's less the... than two months from now. It was yeah. supposed to come out. So yeah. So well, something was something wrong. Happened. But they caught it, so that's good. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I do have... think that game that game needs to be real solid. 
when yeah. it's like because the last one had a little bit of yeah, little. Yeah, I've, I've been re- I replayed, I've been replaying that on my new PC because it because it looks oh. really nice. <laughs> and um, and yeah, it's by the way, Matt's new PC is just absurd. Yeah, it's it's already it really for, is ridiculous. It's ready for Starfield. It's awesome. <laughs> it really is. Uh, for that money, it better be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's and, a that's then, a surprise. Yeah, and then El Guapo's asking about the day before. Which we talked about last. Oh right, because it lost its title. Well, yeah, it turned out it didn't legally own its title, but it, as you thought when they announced it, it did not get delayed because of that. It got delayed for other reasons. Yeah, it probably needed to be delayed. Let's be honest. One of the one of the developers I saw another interview where they basically admitted, yeah, we had other reasons to do it, but that was a good. It was nice to bundle that in with the name not owned properly thing. Yep. So maybe we'll see that by the end of the year. Maybe we won't. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a smaller story. Um, Jedi Survivor, bigger story. But the biggest story that we're actually not going to dedicate a topic to this week, yesterday, we got reporting from IGN that the big three, Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony, are not going to attend E3. I mean, two of those aren't huge surprises, but Nintendo... That's a, that's a new. Movie. I really thought Nintendo would be there till the bitter end. Yeah, just, because it was the only one left on the show floor. The only one left, and it's just it's Nintendo so corporate anyway that it just felt like, of course they'll just do that. It's like leap, you know, why not? Yeah, they've already got the booth. They've already got, and Nintendo is also the one who's least likely to um, do any kind of substitute event. Um, you know, Microsoft is you know Phil Harrison. That guy, that guy is slippery in an interview, man. Like that interview, that interview he did with Cat Bailey. Who was a great interviewer? Um, some of that now because he's there was like all the stuff about um, oh yeah we can't wait to get back to Los Angeles and da 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 right. like it was Meaning. like oh didn't say E three he means go go to their theater across the street from E three well the day before there was a statement that was released that basically like we are doing an event in the summertime yeah. framework or whatever mm-hmm. and that sent up red flags to me yeah. I was like uh oh and then the mm-hmm. very next and I wonder if IGN's reporter. Also picked up on that and was like, you know Started what? Poking around, I'm going to yeah. start digging around that, and that, see what's going on here. That feels like the correct t- time frame for that. It yeah. does. I mean, if you're a news editor, that's what you should have been yeah. doing. So, uh, not a lot of those left. Not a lot. There really aren't, man. Then there's less by the day because sites don't want to pay for them. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad IGN had somebody there to uh, sort of gumshoe the story out. But how do you feel oh, about yes. this, the, Matt? Is this the is iconic this... characters of Borderlands? <laughs> Borderlands. <theme. laughs> Matt, how do you feel about this? I, I mean, is E3 going to exist still? I've been saying it's dead for years, so yeah, it's it's going to... I mean, it'll zombie on, but I don't know what the hell's going to be on the floor. Like, Square? Square. Bunch of indie stuff. Warner Brothers. Sega, Atlas. Because here's the other thing. Bethesda used to be you on might, the floor. You might need to only pay for one haul now. Because Well, Bethesda used to have a booth on the floor, but now yeah. my guess is that's gone. Yeah, I Because they're with so. Xbox they're, now. They're with Xbox. So there's another booth that's gone. Ubisoft... Yeah what would they do like, i mean they don't even have any games like it yeah no not really <laughs> well i mean they talked about there's a new crew coming they talked about this morning yeah they said it's one of a kind yeah just like the last crew and, and as, I, as i can't remember who i can't remember who one of the articles about maybe it was ign i can't remember one of the articles was like it's even more one of a kind if you forget that force horizon exists yeah. um yeah. But like there's a there, it's like okay the crew the crew is the thing that you're gonna keep rolling on here like i mean that's where ubisoft's at right now matt who likes the crew nobody it's still yeah. ongoing they keep adding content to yeah, it yeah the crew too still gets some stuff <laughs> it's crazy once in a while. i guess capcom, capcom all there. the japanese guys will probably because it's their one chance to really reach out to the western market 
and make those Except connections. They can do that whenever they want with the fucking internet. Like, it's, yeah, but for them, the internet's a little more awkward, Matt. Like, I guess their directs wouldn't end up like the direct we're going to talk yeah, about. Most a little of them later just end the up show. bundled into one of the big threes events, and that's kind of how it works. Like, yeah, like it doesn't change much. And now you're sort of you know you're looking at like they finally realized. And I think again, I think. Um, Despite the fact that if I'd had time, I would have forged a neon sign that said I called it to put it behind <laughs> me today. Um, the I think there, you know, the pandemic did artificially accelerate this. Like we're like you know you were forced to do stuff. Bandai but, Namco will probably still be there. Yeah, but you're forced to do stuff, you know, remotely and over the internet, and it didn't hurt anything. Mm-hmm. Like Sony still made number sold one. more PS5s than they could manufacture. Yeah, like, they still sell them um, as fast as they can make them. You know that you we're, we're never going to have an actual real E3 showing of Tears of the Kingdom, and it's going to be fine. Yeah, like it doesn't matter, um, and you don't have to spend all this money. You don't have to fight for space. That's one of the big things. Is people? You know, I see people. It's like, well, they should all still get together and do all their like direct things all in the same like four days or the same week. Why? That's not good for anyone but us. Yeah. Like that's you. You don't want to have to fight for for mind share like that. Um, you get you the same viewing stuff if is... you just wait a week or two or three yeah. or a month. Like, is all this no stuff going that. to Summer Game Fest? Is that what's happening? Me? I I don't think so. You I mean, think I'm, they're I'm just sure, gonna, all sure. three are going to do their own thing? Yeah. Because they want you want control over that narrative, and you don't have to pay for physical presence. You don't have to pay to go to L.A. You don't have mm-hmm. to pay to do any of that shit. You don't have to talk to Jeff Keeley. Like it's it's, yeah. it's it's all kinds of bonuses. <laughs> I think that they now they have an issue. It's like what do we give to Jeff, and what do we keep to? Yeah, ourselves? I think there, but, some stuff will definitely transfer over to Jeff for his thing. But mm-hmm. like the the point of not going to E3 is not then to go to a different show the point is to have control over your narrative make your own in-house direct stuff and you know not have to show it to anyone else not have to you know have stuff leaking from you know like teamsters dragging stuff into a show hall or whatever or like for people leaking things early cuz you know maintenance people get to walk through the the hall and see all these game things like it's you know which used to happen sometimes. It's yeah. how Final Fantasy uh, something thirteen. <laughs> the fact that that's how it got leaked that it was on Xbox, right? Um, was set up for the press conference. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's no downside Pikmin, to any of that. Pikmin, yeah. Union workers leaked Pikmin. Yeah. There's no downside to not going to E3 for these companies. Like, yeah. For the certainly not the big three, and it just took being forced into, you know, look, executive people are never going to go for, you know, big changes or, you know, they're always going to stick with the thing that has always worked. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, you had to get everybody together in the same place to show all this stuff off to the people who are going to report on it and bring it to the masses. Like, that was how it worked. That was why expos existed. It's why conventions existed in terms of, like, kind of trade show things. It's what trade shows were for in addition to the retail, you know, the retail glad handing which is still going to happen like no matter what happens to e3 show floor all those meetings are still going to happen in the marriott like that's yeah you know that's the reason e3 existed in the first place but like they finally you know, being forced into this remote thing and realizing there was no impact on the bottom line as far as anyone can tell unless you can look into an alternate universe where the playstation 5 sold millions more magically right somehow you know, then they can manufacture then they can manufacture <laughs> like, you know, yeah i don't think that's a thing you know yeah. but like it you know no one's looking around saying like the fact that we haven't had e3 since 2019 has been a real damaging thing for the industry it hasn't it is all. crazy to think about all these things that'll go away like the nintendo line and just all these little things from e3 that are just going to be gone now yeah but they're already gone they've been gone for three years i mean nintendo's had his booth there 
But for three years? Yeah, I mean, obviously, well, obviously not. Because not since 2019. I mean, it yeah. basically is gone. Yeah. Like it, This is the last year. This is B-roll from 2019, yeah. as you can see from the the bug there. Yeah, we're coming up on... This is going to be four, four years. It's crazy to think it's back in back. Like the mid-90s, when I first started going to E3, how it was just a dream of mine. It was like Mecca. Mm-hmm. For someone who really loved yeah. games, is that pilgrimage that you made, and now in 20, 25 years later, it's irrelevant. Oh, yeah. It's pretty insane. It happens. It does. Not that often is something this big, though. Mm, I, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> there's lots of crazy conventions that have stayed strong or got bigger as time has gone on in the last 25 years. Yeah, but this years, isn't but, a convention. It's a trade show. Yeah. It's, well, it, it was supposed to be. E3, like, what we think of as E3 was an accident. Yeah. It, it was It was a, It was. was the spectacle that kind of, like, grew out of control like a tumor while this other, this actual <laughs> thing was happening. Watching this one. Which is like, yeah, it couldn't be better B-roll for what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about right now. I know, like, it's this perfect. Is, this is not something that happens at, like, dental hardware conventions, which which often is a thing that happens the week before E3, by the way. Yeah. De- a dental, like, technology convention happens a lot. Do you think in- 2014, when they started letting the fans in, was the beginning of the end? Um, no, I think that was a symptom. I think yeah. that was the writing on the wall to some degree. Yeah, that was them trying to yeah, st- steer away from the iceberg. Ca- no, they realized they had to change or die. <laughs> yeah. And that was not a change that was going to matter enough because other things had already kind of filled that niche already. And I don't think the, the I don't think the civilian experience at E3 has ever been good enough to warrant the cost of coming. Here. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell someone, yeah, spend three thousand yeah. dollars and come and stand in line all day. Yeah, because you forget, like, not just it's not just the ticket. It's the plane fare oh, yeah, and the yeah, hotel the hotel and, and downtown all the ubers to get to and from every day yeah. it adds up man because that's the other thing is like you can either stay in downtown which is a giant concrete brick of horror of or again just like bleh like it's boring and doesn't it's not interesting and it's loud and weird or you can stay in a nice part of la but then you're going to spend all this money on uber fare yeah which, by the way, is not like cheap anymore. Like, oh yeah, it's just as expensive as cabs. Yeah, back in the day, I you know back back in the day, like, 10 <laughs> like years five ago, years ago, <laughs> like in the old, like, like back in the twenty tens, like when it was time for E three, I just get in an Uber, spend five dollars like to go downtown. Yeah, not anymore. And now it costs just as much as it would cost a park cab down is, there. The cab is the same. Yeah, yeah, it used to be well, cheaper than cabs. Well, at this point, anymore. I'd be I just drive because I'm going to pay thirty bucks to park, to park. or I'm yeah. going to pay thirty bucks for an Uber, and I'd rather my own car. So my guess is the ESA makes it much easier to get into E3 as a journalist. Remember back in 2019, they were being like crazy about it mm-hmm. and had these crazy restrictions and were like not letting a lot of people in who should have been in. My guess is not that won't happen this year. My they're going to be begging for attendees. Yeah, my guess is they're going to have to start calling people. Yeah. Like, are, you coming, them, are, you are you coming, coming this year? It's like, yeah. mm, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go. Maybe. I'll go. I mean, I'm definitely going to go. If only to see it die. Yeah, <laughs> just to, just to say I was there because I was in Atlanta. That's the first one that I went to before it really became E three, um, and that was kind of the beginning of E three. And so mm-hmm. I want to I want to bookend it. I want to be there for the beginning and the end. I gotta know. Usually, a lot of times I've gone where just like you know hooking up with with IGN or some other like company that I do like freelance stuff for. Sometimes I don't know if they're gonna have a big enough presence to warrant freelancers they at may this not. point. I mean, yeah. they might not have big enough staffs. <laughs> I mean, that's they the other might. thing, too, is that, you know, the big outlets right now are like, oh, where should we go? We mm-hmm. already, we're having our booth built already. Like, mm-hmm. all that stuff is already in motion. I don't know. Well, at least GameStop doesn't have, GameSpot doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah. They're probably not going to have the fishbowl this year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, there's like, that's all kind of coming apart. It is. Like, there's no, there's no there there anymore. Yeah. Um, and nobody really gets it. may be too late. They may have sponsors lined up already for it. 
and they may just have to just trudge forward. I mean, yeah, I think you you have contracts to honor, and it's you're just going to go through it. But I would not be surprised if this never happens again. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so anyway, that's one piece of housekeeping, and then there's another one, and it may or may not be related. Uh, we also got word this week that <laughs> Sony is cutting production of PlayStation VR two due to a lack of pre-orders. So we talked, we spoke earlier about how. Here's my here's my complete lack of surprise. Yeah, I mean, so we spoke a minute ago about how you know not going to E3 didn't hurt PlayStation Five. They can't make enough. You know, as, you know, people are buying them as soon as they make them. Was PlayStation VR two perhaps something that could have got a boost from being at something like E3 because v, because of the nature of VR? No, you can't. You have to try it in person. You need to put the helmet on. No. No, v- VR is VR. We know what it is. It's a known quantity. Just like, no one wants the high end stuff like this. Like it's it's the price is killing this thing. Yeah. Not not the tech. Not that people don't know what VR is. It's the price. No one wants to pay five hundred dollars for this thing. We, most of the people that were into into VR in the first place already got burned for multi hundred dollar units and learned their lesson. I did. That's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, here. I definitely did. Look, man, I pre ordered one. I don't want to. Like yeah. the only reason I pre ordered so we can talk about it on the show. If we weren't doing this show, I would never touch this thing. Hopefully, you're pleasantly surprised by it. I will not be. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the tech is great. I'm sure I'll be like, oh, this is amazing tech. It's too bad they're never going to fucking do anything with it. Too bad it. there's not enough games to yeah. support it. And yeah. I will write it off as a business this expense and that will be the end of it and i'll have to figure a fucking drawer to end up, it ends up in yep so right now sell my first playstation one. vr 2 is not give away my, good. my original psvr as like a prize or something I, I don't think i need that anymore i do wonder too i don't need it either mine's just been collecting dust for years now i do wonder too if this will convince some people who pre-ordered it to not to cancel their pre-order maybe because they're like, oh, also, this thing's dead in the water. Also, to answer Swanlund, who says, would you care about this if it could be used on your PC? A little. That would help. But apparently, uh, whatever the thing is that prevents you from doing that is complex enough that people are like... that. Several people that have started to kind of look into the cracking and getting to, to work on PC say it could be years. Yeah. That and it's out. always weird and jimmy. It never works the way it's mm-hmm. supposed to once they figure out how to get it to work. Because they did the same thing. They jailbroke playstation vr1 but mm-hmm. like you looked into it and it was like this more hassle than it's worth yeah. like I mean, this one will be a little easy if you could get this to work it'd be less of a hassle because it doesn't require the ps ps camera right and stuff like yeah. that would I mean that's true who was it that some, one of the journalists put up like a the diagram of how you have to set up the psvr1 with a breakout box and yeah, yeah. and it was it was like can you believe we, we actually did this, did this? Yeah, and I was we like, did yeah, it yeah it's, it was so weird <laughs> it's true man so many wires this may just be dead in the water it's <sighs> but we said we told him again matt here's another case where they should have just called the duh mm-hmm. consulting firm us and we could have mm-hmm. told him this is a terrible idea if they'd have told us how what the price was we'd have just told him just don't even bother I did this obvious thing. I get that at some point you have to try to take risks here and there, but just another case where it was just obvious to almost mm-hmm. everybody that this was not a good idea. And here we are. So it'll be interesting to see how this first year yeah. plays I, I, out. I, like, I think this was just they were so committed and they had so much money through in R and D on this thing yeah. on, on VR in general, but also like I think there was just no way they had to do this. They there's an element of like like you know, we were talking about like, you know, executive wing not being very open to change and open to, to pivoting and all that stuff. Um, that's a rarity in, in, in that level of corporate, corporate behavior. Um, to some degree, you have to let this thing come out and fail to prove to the brass that this it's is not going to end. 
Yeah. Like you have to let the, you have to let them make it's this an mistake. Expensive lesson. That's yep. for sure. Oh yeah. But um, I mean I now have doubts that they'll sell the two million before the end of the same year. Same reason Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League had to come out. You had right. to, you had <laughs> to let Warner Brothers learn yeah. that there's not enough people in that weirdo cult to support a hundred million dollar film. Like yeah. you you have to let these companies fail. Yeah. Uh Schneeky's asking which is worse, PlayStation VR or Connect? I'd say PlayStation VR, because it was way more expensive. At least Connect just yeah. came with the console. The last one did. I mean, PlayStation VR is better. In ter- if you're gonna make me play one of them, I'm gonna I'd rather play PlayStation play... VR. Yeah, um, even if I get sick, it's still better tech. Yeah, Connect never had any good games. Yeah, at um, all. I I appreciate the Han Solo dance number in the, <laughs> in the Star Wars game, but like other than that, there's not a whole lot to recommend it. Yep. Uh, so PlayStation- maybe if Milo had come out. <laughs> so PlayStation VR two is in trouble. Another smaller story. Goldeneye. Surprise launch this week, Matt. I went back and gave it a whirl, and my oh my, uh, that game needs some patching. <laughs> like I that, mean, I'm that, not even. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about playing Goldeneye in 2023. Mm-hmm. It is, it is most definitely a dinosaur. I guess yeah. is the best way I could put it. It was not as much fun as I remembered it, and no, then I was I mean, really. I mean, dis- it was even at the time. It was more like, well, at least it's a. It's, it was it was a first person shooter that wasn't horrible on a console. Like I very very. Cl- vividly remember pc shooter players being like this is the thing you're all yeah. freaking out I was playing about tribes at the time already yeah too. it was like yeah. you had tribes you had marathon you had doom you'd quake like mm-hmm. it was already uh, the 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 shooter world was well well be ahead of this on pc but on if PC. you were a console gamer console, this, this the blew only your effing mind <laughs> quite literally the only game in town <laughs> yeah especially if you want to play multiplayer yeah and i was really disappointed to find out there's no online multiplayer yeah. Like, I didn't want to play the campaign. I only captured this footage because I'm like, well, hell, I downloaded it. I might as well capture some Goldeneye. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I downloaded it to play multiplayer online. I just assumed that that would be part of it. And it's not. No. I mean, there's, there's the split. It's just it's the original game. It's yeah. split-screen you multiplayer. Can play, you that's can it. play split-screen, and that's it. If you wanted to spend $30, $320 on controllers. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, this just feels like they did this to just satisfy the fans who had been asking for it yeah, for it's ever. A, it's, and, a, it's a nice thing to make people because, like, oh, this. There's a lot of weird shit in it. Like, the controls are very off, even for, you know, what you expect it to be. They fucked up the music. Um, I think on both platforms. Definitely on the Switch, but I'm, I think on both platforms. There's a, there's a missing instrument track. Um, oh really? Because it's yeah. MIDI. That's probably why. Yeah, there's, 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 the original sound missing, was MIDI. There's a missing instrument track in the, the the most obvious place you can hear it is in the pause music, which everybody knows. Is that way more goes way harder than it needs to pause music like of all time? It's great though. But there's a you. I mean, you know this in in the in the pause music periodically you get this like kind of distorted, slowed down snare drum sound. Yeah. Like that, yeah, that, yeah, that's gone. <laughs> oh, really? That's I didn't not in that. this. It's missing. So I don't know what happened there. I assume that was just some, an oversight, and there aren't people who like have just that song burned into their brain working on this. <laughs> I finished this mission and I was good. I didn't yeah. even play the second one, and I finished this I, mission in like ninety lot. seconds. <laughs> I've seen that a lot on Twitter and stuff, where people are like, "Yep, I went through the dam and I got the the, the, I you know, the jumped shortest. Off the I dam. went to the dam. I did the shortest time. I unlocked the thing. I said, still got it, and I deleted the yeah. save, deleted the install. Like that was, yeah. Yeah, that was all I needed. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, Goldeneye came out, I would say, with a whimper, and then other people were complaining about bugs. I didn't even play it enough to know if there were bugs or any of the other problems, but yeah. So Goldeneye, a big flop. After literally, it feels like two years of like anticipation. Mm-hmm. Well, also the people were disappointed on Xbox, at least, that they, they it's literally the original game and not the, the kind of the, re- the remake you know, update that they had that got canceled. Yeah, that looked a lot better. It's just the same game. It's in just higher the, the N64 game, like high res. Yeah. Some of those textures, yikes. Yeah, I mean that was uh, <laughs> those were the days. I mean, even then, even then, some of that did not look yeah great. Well, if you're PC gaming anyway, again for consoles, I thought it. I mean, it like still looked blowing. awful. Like it, it, like the the faces up close and stuff. I don't even. I don't care if they're the <laughs> best you had at the time. They still look terrible. Yep. Well, you can see right There's there. There's David. David Doak. Every, just, <laughs> I killed that man so many times. <laughs> Poor guy. Yep. So anyway, Goldeneye ended up being a disappointment. Ultimately, you think they're going to patch it up and satisfy the people who are complaining about it right now or why even bother? I don't know about the re- I mean maybe I don't I don't think that, there's no money in it for anybody yeah. you know like it was just a fan service I, thing. the chat saying that the Switch has online multiplayer with friends only No oh, it does but I don't think I don't think Xbox does It doesn't Xbox definitely doesn't That's what I played it on that's what I captured it on I just went and downloaded it from uh Game Pass It was like the hot new game on Game Pass or whatever Um and then finally another smaller story that just broke Xbox is increasing the price of Xbox Series consoles in Japan by $38 beginning on February 17th. Happy Valentine's Day from Xbox. This would matter if it was the U.S. We're very lucky Mm -hmm. in the U.S. that we've dodged both of these price increases um, for both consoles. That for whatever reason, we're the golden child and they'll just keep losing the money in the United States. We're lucky. Um, in Japan, does it really matter if nobody's buying the Xbox Series consoles there anyway? No, this is, it's kind of a this is a tree falling in a forest with no one around. Really. Right. This is like Xbox saying, if we're going to do terrible in Japan, we might as well not lose money on each console sold. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, just again shows you the cost of components and supply chain and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Still hurting the bottom line here. I'd really hoped by this year that all that stuff would really clear up and there would be no rationale and maybe they would drop the price of PlayStation 5 back down to what it was before in these other territories. I don't know if that's going to happen now. I don't know, people. It's kind of crazy. Um, but again, really a non-story for Xbox because Xbox is just a non-story in Japan in general. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's housekeeping. I told you there's a lot of housekeeping to get to before episode 328. Uh, Before we get going, we want to thank our sponsor, LS Cream. And Matt, you're actually correct in that lscream.com is not their main website. Mm -hmm. lscream.com, if you go there, and you can, it's just a store locator. Um, But their actual website where you can go and you can learn about the brand is creamls.com. You can go there. They tell the story. Uh, The crazy part I didn't realize about LS Cream is that... It is an ancestral recipe yeah. from his, his grandmother grandmother from Haiti, mm-hmm. um, which he, is really he, cool. He told us that. Yeah, but I had for completely forgotten about it, and he reminded me of it, and he wanted me to mention it to you guys. So this recipe goes way back. Mm-hmm. Um, way, it wasn't just this idea that he came up with. It's like, I'll make something like Bailey's. It is something that his grandmother made years and years ago. Now, this was grand, everyone should have grandma's cream liqueur. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty and, awesome. And I believe he was correct. Yeah, yeah. And as I said... He's a sifter. He's a gamer. So go support at uh, creamls.com. You can go there. There's a store locator. You can buy it everywhere. Um, it's at Bevmo, Total Wine, Cappy's in Boston. Um, but also use the store locator because there are 
places where you can buy it pretty much everywhere. Even in your, if you're in a little town or whatever, there's probably a location that will sell it if you just go to the store locator. So anyway, thanks again to LS Cream for sponsoring Game Face. And with that, it's time to get on with Game Face 328. Actually, let, let's go to chat real quick. We, we talked about a lot of stuff right there. And they probably have some things that they want to say about it. Um, Andy T. Monahan, you think Microsoft not being able to use their own remake that used the original source code was part of the contracts agreements beyond only being a specific digital release? Maybe? Could have been. Like they might, might, Nintendo might have wanted parody yeah. on that. Um, Schneeky says that um, Xbox wasn't allowed to do anything to it. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm pl- I create played the crappy version. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the the Xbox One has better controls. Mm-hmm. But the the Switch that there's this chat said it too. They're like the the reason N6, the Switch version has online play is because all the N64 games have online play as part of the the wrapper. Oh, got ya. Okay. Um, JJ Forcebreaker VR is tempting, but I won't plan to spend that much money until I have a beefy PC. And a dedicated room with space. Yeah, you need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, doing a sitting version is not worth it in the grand scheme of things, even more so in this economy. I agree. We said this all along, that the fact that this headset is wired is a huge detriment. That's not where VR is going. VR is going to a wireless... Well, he's not talking about wired there. Yeah, he said sitting down. For me, doing a sitting version is not worth yeah, it. Yeah, but you don't, you don't sit when you do these games, necessarily. I mean, I do. If I got a cord... No. Really? I'm not going to be flailing I, around. I've never court. owned a wireless VR headset, and I've played tons of stuff standing oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah. I like, never did. I always played sitting All down. the Vive stuff has been standing up. Oh. Like you See, can't play, not, all I have was PlayStation VR. You can't play Well, Yeah, I mean, PlayStation VR definitely punted on that because not just because, I mean, look, this thing at least only has one wire. PlayStation yeah. VR was like a giant rat's nest with a breakout box and this cord to this and that cord to that. And then you had a separate cord for the headphones and a separate cord for the... It was ridiculous. But, like, the, you know, the Vive has a giant cord coming out the back of it. But I, almost all the games I played for that were all stand-up. Like, the advan- and the, again, the advantage of the Vive and... Uh, I mean, obviously, you had to drill holes in the wall to put the sensors up. But, like, the, one of the big downfalls of PlayStation VR in that regard is you had to be facing the camera. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, with Vive, I used to play it with my back to the PC, which yeah. gave me a lot more room. You always and... had to look at the TV screen. That's another reason yeah. why I sat down with PlayStation VR. Well, because the play, the if you play... moved around, it stopped working well. Right. Well, because, I mean, I guess theoretically you could, like, I guess you could jimmy up an extension cord for the camera and put it on the other side of the room and face away from the the TV. But, like... The, the camera was the sinker there. Like, it's, it's you know, the, the, it wasn't just that the PlayStation VR was wired. It was that it was tethered to this stupid camera or else it couldn't work. Yeah. Um, this one at least doesn't have that problem. You could theoretically, if you have more room behind your couch or something, you could theoretically play it that way. But, like, I don't know. Like, like the, the, the space thing is, is a real issue. Like, I'm, in my old apartment, I weirdly had more space for this than I do now in the room that I have weird. my PC in. Because, that is weird. Well, because the room I have my PC in is a fairly small office, and the room I had my PC in in the apartment was it was an open-plan apartment. It was and the big was, living room area. It was a big area. living room. Like, yeah. I had tons of space for that, yeah. and now I don't. Like, I'd have to move... I'd have to move the PC out into the... I mean, I guess theoretically I could use my old PC as a VR thing, but it's also not really strong enough to do that anymore. Yep. It's, hey, rock and roll, 458. Thanks for joining Game Face and chatting for the first time. We appreciate it. Uh, let's see if you guys got any uh, Twitch Prime in here before the show got started. Um, rock and roll, 458. Thank you for subscribing at Tier 1. That's awesome, man. Two months. That's awesome. Uh, people sharing condolences. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Uh, Don Lionheart, thank you for Twitch Prime. Ptor91, thank you for Twitch Prime. Who else got in here? 
I thought I saw at least one other one. Uh, someone asked, um, I think El Guapo asked, what will replace E3? What convention will replace E3 now? Nothing. PAX? Nothing? nothing? There's no reason to replace it. There's nothing. Yeah. Like, I mean... Morton Joe, thank you. You're not going to move... You know, they're just going to do directs. That's it. Yeah. And they're probably going to do them more spread out. Like, there's well, not... we just saw Xbox's first one. I mean, Keeley's going to try with the Summer Games Fest thing. Yeah, uh, it's not going to be the same thing. It's just going to be you know an online thing more or less. Yeah. Um, no, nothing. No, nothing will replace it. Okay. Contano, thank you for Twitch Prime. List David, thank you for gifting tier one subs to our live audience here on the stream. Uh, and I think that might be it. Um, the J Bone Twenty Nine. Sony stated they haven't cut production numbers, which is different than sales forecasts that Bloomberg reported. I'm going to trust Bloomberg. I don't know about you, Matt. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they haven't cut production numbers because those orders are already in the factory. If this yeah. thing's coming out as soon as it is, you're already making those things now. They may have just cut future. They are probably going to just have them sit in a warehouse in China rather than ship them here to sit in a warehouse. Yeah, is all that is. Like that's. Yeah. They're still going to have two million units. They're just not going to like spend the money to ship them where they were going to go originally until they have to. Yep. If they ever have to. Because Gunhead, it's going to be cheaper to liquidate a bunch of stuff that's sitting in the warehouse near the factory location than if you've spent the money to ship them. It's true. Gunheads, welcome to chat, man. Thanks for getting your first time into our chat. Welcome to the crew. Uh, what else we got in here? Okay, I think that's it. I think we're ready to get the show going proper. And we're going to kick things off with the easily the biggest game release of the week. And that is the Dead Space remake. So I do have some B-roll of the old Dead Space loaded up mm. here. And eventually, I'll show you Oh, that I scene. forgot to. I was going to get a thing. Oh, maybe I'll go get it while you're talking. Get what thing? Uh, a Dead Space thing. Oh. Go get it. I, okay. I can blather okay. for a you, couple uh, minutes. You babble for a bit. <laughs> yeah. and also, I'll I, also, I should note that there is apparently a delivery coming at some point I'm going to have to sign for. So oh. I'm going to have to step away another okay. time. I'm <laughs> good at filling in. Luna's going to come in. Yep. Uh, so the Dead Space remake came out. Um, it is actually, it's not a remake. It is a remaster. There are some slight tweaks to the game from when it came out before back in 2008. That's a crazy part, people. This game is now 15 years old. 15 years old. If you need something to make you feel old, even if you're not that old... This will definitely do it. Now, this is a pretty faithful recreation of the original game. Again, there are a couple things that they've changed we'll get to in a little bit. But for the most part, this is just Dead Space in a much higher resolution. Everything has been redone. They completely rebuilt the game from the ground up as far as redoing all the textures, rebuilding all the models, rebuilding the level design. And one thing I will say that is the same but also different in this updated version of Dead Space is the tram. So the tram before was kind of, the tram was a scam in Dead Space before, before. You'd get on it and it was basically, it would load and it would hide loading from one area of the game to another. The way it works now though, you get on the tram, there's no loading. It literally is just taking you to another part of the level. But the other thing I would say too, is the tram system to me, exposed just how small the game world is. Now you're seeing right here, the whole game takes place on a massive ship called the USG Ishimura. It's a gigantic ship, but in the, the, the scheme of things, the grand scheme of things, it's a small world. 
And you start to realize it really quickly. I, Matt, I, I was leading off by talking about one of the changes, which is the tram system. How it used to be a way to hide loading mm-hmm. one section of the ship to another. Now, the ship is just there, and you actually get in the tram, and it just takes you to another part of the ship. Yeah, I mean... And it also exposed that the ship isn't that big. Like, the game world for Dead Space is puny compared to most modern games. Yeah, well, it's it's a bunch of corridors, and to be fair, ships wouldn't be that big. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. don't want a lot of wasted space on a spaceship. Yeah, for sure. But um, it's still a more interesting location most of the time than Callisto Protocol. Yep. Uh, it is, absolutely. So you guys, some of you guys may have never played this before because you're not as old as Matt and I, and the game's now 15 years old. Uh, so if you haven't, here's the plot is basically about a Starship engineer named Isaac Clark. Who is very chatty now. Yeah, who never spoke before. He did not speak. Did you even see his face? Yes. Before? In this? No, and before you never did. No, he, no. Was, he was like a mystery man. Now you can spin the camera around, you can see him yeah. while he, he, he talks. You saw his face, I think, at the very end in the original. Like, he took Maybe. his helmet off. Because there is a model of his face from the first game. Oh, there is? But I think it's at the very, very end. If maybe even if you only get the like a good ending, hmm. he takes the helmet off. Interesting. Like, yeah, he doesn't talk at all in the in the original, and he does in this one a lot yeah. actually. Yeah, he's which a little chatterbox. Again, why it's a remake, not a remake, because they they did remake the game from the ground up. Yeah. But I think I think John Carpenter, might have, of all people, might have cracked the question on this this week because he's playing this, mm-hmm. and he called it. The refurbishment of Dead Space. Okay. And I'm like, I can get right. over that. Like, yeah, a refurb as like the midpoint between, between a, a baseline a remaster where we just up res the thing yeah. and a remake where we completely change everything like Resident Evil. Um, yeah, a refurb. Yeah. I can kind of get behind that. Me too. I'd agree with that. Well, well done, John Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> so you play as Isaac, who now is much more chatty than he was before. Um, and Which is he, good. Like it, it was weird before. Yeah, it was. It was. It was weird. They're that, like, trying to do the Metroid thing, I believe. They're doing. Yeah, they're doing the Metroid. It was very Metroid Prime inspired. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what I. That's how I felt anyway back in the day. Um, but you are. A part, I remember. I think I remember them saying that was an influence. Yeah, I, I think I remember Metroid talk. But you're a part of a salvage crew, and you are responding to a distress signal, which was sent out from the USG Ishimura. And you get there, you're... Sh- the it's conveniently pl- where Isaac's girlfriend is. Yeah, yeah. You're also on kind of a quest to save your girlfriend. And you get there, and you see that things aren't the way you thought they were going to be. The the Ishimura has been damaged. You cannot dock properly. You kind of crash land into the dock. And you get off the ship. You start walking around. You realize that the ship has been taken over by these crazy creatures called Necromorphs. And the mystery begins. Um, you lose a good chunk of your crew right off the bat, and then it's just you and a sprinkling, I don't want to spoil too much, of your crew on a mission to ultimately save your girlfriend and really just to get home. That becomes the goal, really, once they realize... Yeah, really, you just got to get off the ship. Yeah, how terrible things have become once they get it on becomes the ship. Very, it becomes clear pretty, pretty early on that like, this is not salvageable. Yep. Like, you just got to get out of there. Um, and then you start to realize that the outbreak on the ship wasn't just an accident. There's, and again, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's reasons for why this has happened on the ship. Um, maybe a case of space madness for some. Space madness. <laughs> exactly. 
so there's some mysteries to uncover, but it is it is made like a Metroidvania. It's a labyrinthine level design where you end up returning to a lot of areas on the ship. When you're first starting the game, there's a lot of doors that you come across that you can't get into until you've reached. And this is also a new addition to this. There's like a security clearance level now in this game to mm. get in some of these doors. Now, those rooms were all added to the level design. They weren't a part of the original game. So there's these doors now in the game where as you play through, you get new security access levels. And as you get to each one, you can then enter those rooms. And I'll say this, Matt, there's nothing all that valuable inside those rooms. Like when I got into my first one, I was like, woohoo, I'm gonna hit the mother load. And I went in there and there was like six bullets for like one of my guns. I was like, okay, I guess you added this just for these six bullets. But, but that's also something, I don't know why they added that to the game. Just, I, think, I think probably just to have a little more reward when you have to backtrack. Nah, maybe. I think that's to the make idea it, with that. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. It probably was a good idea. Because it does, too. And it also reminds you that, oh, yeah, this door was here. And now I come back and now I can get in there. It does kind of help with the feeling of progression yeah. through the game. You're for not sure. just running through your empty stuff you've already done. I, yep. think that, I think that's the, the idea behind it. I don't know how successful that is, but mm -hmm. I think that's what, what that's there for. And then one of the coolest things about Dead Space, both versions, is that most of your weapons are not really weapons. They're tools that have been repurposed as weapons. Um, for example, this the plasma cutter that you use, where you can change the orientation so it cuts vertically or horizontally, that's not really a weapon. It was used for other purposes, but now that you're here and you're stranded, you don't have weapons to fight these guys, you're kind of repurposing. So, And he's an engineer, so that's, right. that's what they do. And there's so. a weapons bench where you can go to and you can like in improve all the mm -hmm. armaments. There's uh, another place you can go where you can improve his suits. Um, I don't know what version you were playing, Matt, but I started the game with like eight different suits. I think EA sent me like a special version yeah, or something. Yeah, I was, I was playing on Xbox and I had a bunch of different... But the interesting thing... Uh, the suits in the original uh, that you could get as like bonuses and stuff and unlock unlocks um, both for finishing the game and for pre-ordering or like extra expansion packs. A lot of them had different stats. A lot of them were like basically cheating. Mm -hmm. That's the all the suit different suits in this game are just cosmetic. They're all the same. Yeah, it's just so. for looks. Yeah. Um, so there's the plasma cutter, which you've seen a lot of combat with that in this footage right now. Uh, there's another weapon called the pulse rifle. And the rifle part of that kind of sucks, in all honesty, Matt. Mm -hmm. But the alt fire for that are proximity grenades. And what I've found is that is one of the best weapons that you can use to go through this entire game. Yeah, if you really the the proximity grenade, alt fire, and the plasma cutter are all you need. The plasma, the plasma cutter is the best weapon in the game. It is. And I far. upgrade that first almost yeah. every time. And I generally only upgrade every, every other weapon like in damage. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really go down the tree. And there are trees for both of these. Uh, you get to the weapons bench. And they're not crazy long. Like each weapon probably no. has 18 to 20 it's more like upgrades. You, it is interesting that you get to pick which end of the tree you come at it from. Yep. So that's cool. Also, you, you eventually uncover things that that will reveal new branches of the tree. Meaning it'll show you, because when you first start using a tree, it doesn't tell you what each node is. Like you don't know if it's for damage or if it's for reload speed or if it gives you more weapons. As you start going through the tree, it starts revealing that stuff. There are pickups that you can get that you find out in the world and you bring them back and then that will reveal parts of the tree. So it can tell you like, if you want to go damage route, this is the way you need to go on the tree to make sure you hit as many damage upgrades as possible, which I thought was a pretty cool idea. Um, so there's that, there's the, the pulse rifle, there's a ripper, which shoots saw blades, but what I've used it for is I just load it up and leave the saw blade in front of me and then just run into mm -hmm. the, and just cut them in half. 
Yeah, it has a bit of an undocumented feature there. Yeah, that's what I use it for. It's great for crowd control. Um, there's a force gun, which is again, which is weird because it was a gun from Dead Space 2 that they ended up putting in here. Um, so you're seeing there's also like a jetpack that you get in this game that also was from I think from Dead Space 2, maybe three. I remember that from three. It might have been in two. I, don't I can't know. quite I don't remember. remember. But there's like a whole scene now with that where you use the jetpack like outside yeah, to it's, like it's it's pretty different, really. Parts maybe. of it, like, yeah. It's it's you know certainly more so than than your average. Uh, update. Yep. Um, so, and some of that, I think, is just like, you know, like bringing in the, the force gun. It's just like, I got the impression to some degree that it was like you're talking, you're, you're dealing people with people. are saying force are, gun was in the original, actually. I don't remember the force gun. I don't either. And I played that game like three times. Yeah. I don't remember that weapon at all. But there's chat saying that that's so. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a flamethrower as well. Um, there's a lot of weapons, actually. But as you said, like, I just pretty much use the plasma cutter. Mm hmm. And again, you change the orientation of that because a big part of defeating the enemies in this is crowd control. And so you take their legs out and that doesn't stop them. It just slows them down. So it's a little bit like Eternal Darkness. And I never picked up on this when I played it the first time. But it's a lot like Eternal Darkness. You go into a room, there's a ton of enemies. If you just try to fight them, you're probably going to die. So you incapacitate them. And then you take them out one by one. So... In Eternal Darkness, you would decapitate the enemies. They'd walk around aimlessly until you finished them off. And Unless. This you, unless. And this, the the you, green ones can still see you. Right, right. they're magic. Yeah. This green one, blue. you take out their legs, and then they have to crawl around. And they're still dangerous mm-hmm. when they're crawling around, but they're much easier to handle. Yeah, unless you run into ones that don't have legs. Right. And cases. they're just, they just suck. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you use the vertical orientation. Yeah, that's what the vertical is for. Yeah. To cut the arm off. And that's the strategy that goes into every combat skirmish that you get into in dead space that is kind of the appreciate the the remake for um really using the darkness Mm -hmm. like 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 as you can see in the footage here it's dark like you can't see unless you turn that flashlight on which slows you down which forces you into a situation where you're in a kind of a disadvantage speed wise yep um and they use that pretty well in a way that, if, to me, it seems like a lot of horror, horror games are afraid to do now. Yeah, like they're, you know, they're too. This game is to, really dark. Yeah, like it may be, be hard to see for you guys. But it's supposed on the to be that dark. Like if you play it like with the HDR settings done right, like it's not like that. It's so dark you lose the detail. It's so dark because it's supposed to be dark. Yeah, yeah. Um, so well done on that. I think they they did a very good job on that in in, in an era where, especially on Xbox, where you continually have crushed blacks levels and stuff. And you know Xbox is is by far the worst in terms of HDR setting problems mm-hmm. of the of the two uh, consoles. That and this do that. is on PlayStation Five, by the way. Yeah, mine, mine is on Xbox, and I, I didn't see much of that. I thought it was I thought it was way better than your average Xbox game. Yep. And then you get a couple kind I didn't of played on PC because one of the things I have learned is that uh, uh, don't buy new games on PC because they none of them work. Wow. At launch. Like they're, they're huh. all, this thing's broken too. It's got all these weird stuttery hitches things. And really, stuff. So I'll I'll pick these up as they come out, as they get fixed and drop in price. I guess because you know originally I'm like oh I'll get everything on PC because it's gonna look amazing on the new card. But like like everything that comes out like all the, the initial reports from like Digital Foundry was like yeah this thing's kind of broken. Like better wait for a patch. I'm just like well I don't want to wait for a patch. So I I'll just get the, the console version like because I know that's gonna work right and yeah. so it does. Totally realize that the B-roll may be hard for you guys to see, but this is just the game. There was nothing I could do yeah. to make the B-roll this easier is, to like, view. You're, you're losing some detail here because of the resolution we use and because because of the capture and stuff. But like, if, if you're looking at this on an actual 4K TV, like it's it doesn't look 
oppressively black. It looks yeah. like you can it, pick up details. You can definitely see what you're supposed to be looking at, yeah. and it's not it's not like confused because if you like this, like looking at this footage is a little bit of like, oh, this would be confusing to play because I can't see anything. It's not like that when you actually play the yeah. the game on a 4K TV. Yep, and then you get two kind of supernatural powers or a couple supernatural powers. Um, you get kinesis, which lets you pick up objects and move them around, and that's mostly just used for puzzle stuff. Although you can pick up stuff and throw it, you can use it for combat if you want to. It's yeah, not any, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah, <laughs> touche. Um, then the other thing, go that, back to the 1800s and show somebody this phone. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, and then you get stasis as well, which just basically is like a freeze. And I'll be honest with you, Matt. Once you start using stasis, this game becomes a cakewalk. Well, except that you have very limited usage. Yeah. Uh, you, you start with only two shots. Basically. But there's a lot of pickups that you can get throughout the game. There's lots of stations yeah. that you Although can go eventually, to. eventually, when you first get stasis, you get a lot of recharge stations because they have you solve some puzzles with it. Right. And then after that, you don't see another stasis recharge center until you basically get to the next area. But I had gotten so many that I had them in my inventory. And anytime I needed one, I just went to the box and just grabbed one out of there. Like... Any major skirmish, if you're having problems or struggles, if you're, boss fights or whatever, stasis. Like, they teach it to you with one of the first boss fights. They're like, yeah, freeze this mm -hmm. guy, and then strafe around behind him and shoot him in the back. And once you do that, you're like, I can do that with every enemy. <laughs> like, Yeah, except you run out of stasis right. too fast to do that with everybody. Well, the, you don't need to waste it on, like, the rank-and-file no. enemies. But any of the tougher enemies in the game, like, that's how you beat them. And it almost takes a lot of the... I did early on when, like, they were coming at you from the different... Both sides of a catwalk. And I was like, you stay still. Yeah, and yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I wasn't, like, freezing them to, like, shoot them. I was like, you stay there so I can kill crowd this other control. guy. Yeah. And not worry about your ass. A big him. part of this game is crowd control. I mean, managing mm -hmm. the mob. Figuring out which ones are going to come faster, and they are unpredictable. Some of them seem like they're slow, and they just start sprinting at you, like out of nowhere. And it does cause some panic here and there, for sure. Yeah, one thing I'm annoyed they didn't change is one of the things that I always disliked about the original game was that it gives itself away all the time. Because if there's a necromorph in the room with you, music's playing. Yeah, like scary music starts playing. I'm like, well, I guess somebody's in here, and like. And then they pop out, and you're like, yep, I know. The, you, you brought your orchestra with you. I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> and, like, they did that in this one, too, which I think just kills the tension. Yeah. Like, it just makes it silly. Like, it, it's like a fucking Warner Brothers cartoon. It's, it's, it's five frames off of, like, a sneaking character in an old cartoon going, I just think it makes it comedic. Well, I've been playing this with Dolby Atmos, and it's mind-blowingly awesome. Oh, yeah, the sound is very, very <laughs> it's good. It's really awesome. Like, you presentationally, in, this thing is, is, is pristine. You walk into a room, and, like, I don't know if you guys have used Dolby, Dolby Atmos, but it can simulate height, and it is so good at it. Like, I walk into rooms, and I can hear the necromorphs walking on the floor above me. And I have no speakers up on my ceiling. It's Dolby Atmos. I don't know how they do it. It's like witchcraft, Matt. Mm -hmm. But it is amazing in this game. You're right, though. They do kind of the music will start playing and when you know they're in the room. But if you walk in, they're not in the room. You can still hear them shuffling around like above you to the right, to the left, behind you sometimes. It's it's impactful. Um, so I thought the audio in this was really, really good. Yeah, I, like, I think, you know, on a raw tech level, Callisto Protocol has better graphics. Oh, yeah. But yep. presentationally, this thing is head and shoulders above that game. Like I'm, I'll say this. I'm a little disappointed in the graphics of this game. It looks good, it but looks good. Demon Souls looks better, and that's from 2020. Yeah, but like, also Demon Souls has a lot more to work with. I guess I don't know. 
Like there like were a couple you, moments in you this. You can only make big corridors look so good. Yeah, you know, this is about as good as this can look. Well, this is very repetitive. Like yeah. everything is gray and brown yeah, and red and dreary. Um, I, I still think it's more attractive than Callisto Protocol was. I, I, yeah. can't, I don't have a in terms of like just aesthetics. I can't quite. I mean, maybe it's the floating, like the hologram AR stuff like mixes it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like. Maybe it looks more like a place people would actually live in mm-hmm. places, but it's, like, the clutter is insane. Oh yeah, every room is just filled with crap, all rendered very well. Um, don't get me wrong; it's leaps and bounds better than the original Dead Space. And again, yeah, I'll show I mean, you a little yeah, bit of B roll of that here in a definitely second. Definitely better than the fifteen-year-old game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a huge leap, but this is a next-gen only game. Like this did not come mm-hmm. out for PS4 and Xbox One. To me, my standards are a little higher than when we get here. Because the other thing, too, Matt, is that, like, you never are seeing a, a vista here. You're All you're seeing are these little, tight, claustrophobic rooms. Like, they should be able to make this game look freaking mind-blowing. Because you never have to draw that many polys out on the horizon. So, um, I was a little disappointed in the I think they're visuals. putting more of the budget of that towards the... I mean, the Necromorphs are very complicated riggings. Yeah. And sometimes there's a lot of them, and they dissolve into all kinds of particles. Like, Every once a, in a while, like, I'll There catch. is a lot happening here. There is, yeah. Like, for instance, there was one time... Look at, look at it chug there a it little bit. It did chug, when you yeah. Did that. I mean, it's, it's, I think they're pushing this about as far as they can go. And again, I do think this is frostbite, so there's only so much you can do. Yeah, apparently. Like... <laughs> Everyone desperately waiting for EA to fully cross back over to Unreal. That would be but, nice. Uh, that would be really nice. Um, I also like. If, I think this. If this is Frostbite too, like this is very impressive that they got this thing to do this. It's really, if it's Frostbite, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Like it's. It's the it would be the best looking. You are absolutely game. doing the best you can with the tools you were forced <laughs> to use at that point. I mean, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I don't know what EA's thinking with that engine. That. I, they just won't let. It. I mean, it goes back to the whole corporate people will not budge on stupid things. Like, yeah, it's, it's like how when Amazon did their, um, uh, you know, did their game studio stupid thing um, that lasted what like a year. Yeah. Um, the developers at one point apparently got together and were like, "We're not. We don't want to use Lumberyard." Any, like it's terrible. Yeah, that was, their, that was inter- their in-house engine, and they wouldn't let them change. Yeah, like there's like, nope, that's what we got. People are confirming it's frostbite in the yeah. chat. Yeah, that's. I mean, this is very impressive work for frostbite. Yeah, like, but it would take it a game like this where each yeah. room is like the size of your living yeah, room. Yeah, but also like it doesn't like moving him around doesn't feel weightless and weird, and that's like true. it doesn't feel like the walls are gonna are made of paper. Like, Although the enemies like, feel like they're still made of paper. Like, yeah, you run through I mean, enemies and they bounce around like paper mache. Oh yeah, the the, the they didn't remove that from. But the you know what? OG like game. that happens in every that happens in Cyberpunk on my new, yeah. new computer too. Like yeah, every once in a while, constantly people are walking through boxes and they just explode in a confetti. And so I was like, yeah, physics for random objects. And dead bodies are um man the the I'm thinking there's a there's a there's a mod for cyberpunk where you can it basically fixes the the ragdoll physics on dead bodies and I'm getting to the point where I might actually use that because I've seen people twisted into very strange shapes huh. even it, on that high end hardware interesting it's, it's just it's a very hard thing to balance and it's also just not worth yeah it's not worth it like because what's the alternative like having to fucking skirt your way around a dead necromorph like that's not fun yeah like, I, I'm, I'm happy with them to bounce it's around weird it scares me sometimes though because the other thing we haven't talked about well, yet sometimes the big blade arm will flip over like that and you like, think ah, you're like, being like, attacked because yeah. the monster closets in this game are insane mm-hmm. there you'll see in this b-roll in a minute like there's a moment where i'm walking down a hallway there's nothing 
Next thing I know, I'm just attacked from behind, mm-hmm. and I spin around, and I don't have no idea where that guy came no, from. I this will happens say, over. I will and say, over having again. Pop, poked around on things like that because that some of that because that happened, there is always a place they come from. Yeah, there's like these little there's, panels that'll little be panels they pop out of. There's little holes in the ceiling that like they they, they, don't, they don't spawn them out of nowhere. There actually, but, there's a boss that spawns out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. He, you're in a room and he drops down from the ceiling and after the cutscene's over you look up on the ceiling there is no hole there hmm. so there's they made, they made well, as long mistakes as they sh- have been made well, at least they showed you him drop <laughs> right, down right. I'm, I'm yeah. talking about cheating from behind the monster closet stuff like yeah. that's not a thing it's that. really bad though like this is the that's probably always, that's, that, that's dead space it though. is but I'm just telling people some people have never played dead space it is the <laughs> worst monster closets <laughs> you've ever experienced in a game worse than doom 3 they're the worst. Mm, I wouldn't go that far. I think they're worse. I think I think Doom threes are are more artless. Doom's, Maybe. Doom, well, Doom three it, <laughs> Monster Closet comes from Doom three because it they does, were literally yeah. closets they that are, opened yeah. in front of you <laughs> and a fucking zombie came out. You're like, okay, guys. Yeah. Like, at least this one's using it as like a gameplay element yeah. from behind, and it's not quite so blatant. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, again, it's uh, to me it's annoying because like I know they're there. Like it's it's like it's one of those things where it becomes because I hear the music and I know something's going to happen. And then it does, but I didn't hear them because for some reason, even though the music's right going, there, it just appeared the, right the, behind me. The necromorphs are this little room. Yeah, but he came out of that door, right? Yeah, but like because the door opens when that cutscene happens. A lot, yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of door locks in this game are conveniently linked to a thing happening in another right. room. <laughs> you, um, I went, you go to that door, it's locked. Then all of a sudden it unlocks just for that creature to come in behind you. And that happens yeah. over and over in this game. Just be ready for it. But, like, you know it's happening because the music's already going. And then that thing happens. And it just becomes annoying. It's just yeah. it's, not, it's not scary. It's not, like, challenging. It's just like, uh, I mean, I knew you were there and I just didn't pick up on it because it's so dark. And now I'm annoyed because I lost half my health. Yeah. Also, I didn't realize until a little bit into the game that if you have health items in your inventory. I don't remember the original game did this. If you have health items in your inventory and you get hit and it would have killed you, you will automatically use the health item. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, because I kept picking up uh, health items and then I go to use them and I'm like, where is all my I never noticed that. But it's because they use them automatically to keep you alive. Oh, I didn't know that at all. Um, So you may have noticed that I've been using save points in this B-roll, but you don't always, if you die, you don't always go to the save point. There are checkpoints in the game. Yeah. which and I don't think there were in the original. I don't remember them. I don't think that there were either. That would have been kind of anathema to survival horror uh, design at the time. I also, I like the, the, the documentation that Electronic Arts sent me with the review code said that all that stuff changes based upon the difficulty setting you select. How far back you go after you die as far as where the checkpoint is, whether there are checkpoints at, at all. So if you play the hardest difficulty setting on this, there are no checkpoints. You only go back to the last place that you saved. So that stuff all shifts and changes based mm-hmm. upon the difficulty setting that you chose to Justin play Justin Horman says on. there are checkpoints, especially before bosses in the original. But not like in this, they're everywhere. Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah, you, you don't need to use the save points. Yeah, I do. But you're right. You don't have to. And I think it's just habit that I keep using. It's more important to use the, use the save points when you're backtracking because the checkpoints don't happen as often then. Yeah. Um, so, and there are some times where the checkpoints are kind of annoyingly far away. For, and it will force you sometimes to play kind of a big chunks of the game. Like, even if you did something iconic, like get a new weapon and you die after you get that weapon before you get to another checkpoint or whatever, they will take you back to before you got the weapon. So even sometimes big events in this game doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna get a checkpoint. Sometimes you do have to go back and play more of parts of the game than you're used to in most modern games 
2023. Still better than Callisto Protocol did it. I agree. I would agree with that as well. The biggest thing with Callisto Protocol was the inability to save after you'd already done like the 3D printer upgrade thing. So yeah. you had to sit through that every single time you died. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that was oh, annoying. You, you, <laughs> how did you, you had to run into that in testing. How did you not you'd fix think, that? Um, probably my biggest complaint about the game, and this was true of the original as well, is just the lack of enemy types. There literally are like four or five different enemies that you fight over and over. And look, I get it. These are the crew members of the ship who have been transformed by, and I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to spoil what it is that's causing this, but they've been transformed and they're going to transform the same. So if they're all humans and they all get the same, whatever it is, they're going to turn into the same creatures. I get that. Like the differences are like, oh, this one's like a foot taller. Right. Like there's tougher ones. Like sometimes you have to shoot their leg eight times to drop them instead Mm. of three or whatever. But, and then they do, they get like double thing. Like there are ones that can come back to life or pop out of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, but you do end up fighting, for the most part, the same enemies over and over. And there aren't that many boss fights in this game either. And it's also weird the way that they're spaced out through the game. You, It almost takes like four or five hours before you fight your first boss. And then at that point, they do start becoming a little more regular. But they're not a big part of the game. Which you might assume they would be in a game like this. Um, that's one way, one way that this series traverses a different path from the Resident Evil franchise. Mm-hmm. Bosses are much more frequent. Um, in RE than they are in Dead Space. Yeah, I don't really miss them. What, boss fights? Yeah. I, 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 boss fights, especially in games like this, that are memorable or useful or interesting or fun, are years apart yeah. for most of the time, I think. I, I, They're almost always, shoot the pulsating bulbous thing. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I, I just don't find them to add much. In fact, I think uh, you know, as much as, as much as I will praise Last of Us 2 forever... Uh, the worst part of The Last of Us 2 is when you fight the Resident Evil boss. Yeah. Like, that doesn't fit. It doesn't make it doesn't any fit. sense. It's yeah. it very out of character for that game and that series. And all of a sudden, you got to run around being chased by this big amorphous blob of a monster. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, what? <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't really fit the game at all. Um, and like as I not mentioned, a thing I missed yeah. from, from, from the conventional survival horror things. And I don't miss it here either. And usually, I mean... Obviously, the bosses became more of a deal in Dead Space Two and Three, mm-hmm. um, which is it was fine. I, I, I mean, I liked. I remember liking Dead Space Two. I haven't played it in forever. I liked it. Still not as good as the first game, and then the third one was a travesty. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the game world does get repetitive and dreary. I mean, you've been watching this B-roll. This is what the game looks like. There's a couple times where you go outside. There's a couple times where you go into some zero G areas where you're out in space and you can kind of fly around freely, mm-hmm. but. 90% also very your- cool sound design wise. Yeah, yeah. But 90% of the game is what you're seeing yeah. right now. I mean, I admit, I haven't really played a ton of this. Um, I think I'm in the third or fourth area, like tram separated mm-hmm. area. Because um, I, I, I'm just kind of done with horror games. I'll point. be honest with you, Matt. Like, I'm, I'm about 10 hours in. It's and just boring. I'm on the verge of quitting playing. Yeah, it's nothing, nothing against the game. There's nothing wrong with the game. It's a great update of this game, and, the, and I, I do like Dead Space. Just, I, I've, I've done it. I've seen it, and the, it's so the, rep, the repetition of it yeah. like doesn't really... You know, there's, there's nothing near the end of Dead Space, and I'm like, oh, I really want to see that again, or I really want to see what they did for, in the remake for that. I, it's, just, it's just Dead Space, and I cut the limbs off of enough of these things... It's, and I feel, I'm, it's I'm so feel faithful. Good about it. I'm, I'm happy. It's I'm, so faithful to the original. There's really very re- there's few reasons to play it again. As I've gotten farther into the game, I'm like, it is pretty much the same exact game. And so be, the repetition, 
I've just I've started to burn out on it. Yeah, and there's definitely a you know if it, you know you don't need to change too much about Dead Space One. Like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, but at the same time, I've played Dead Space One probably four times, and there's not a whole lot here once you sort of get your head around the the minor changes to want to do it again, again. Yeah. Um, not like, to, I don't not know. to like, take away from it, it's just it's not really grabbing me. And then the high, and then the Hi-Fi Rush came out, and that was kind of the end of that. Yeah. Um, so because that's offering me something different, and Dead Space isn't. I am. Um, um, I'm very curious what my reaction to Resident Evil 4 will be, especially because Resident Evil 4 isn't really a straight horror game. It's been more, you know, tradition more of an action game with some horror elements, and whether that will carry me through the whole game, or whether I'm just sort of done with the over-the-shoulder. I'll be honest with you, Matt, it drove me crazy. Like, it's annoying, I feel like. The Mm -hmm. third person in this game, it's clunky, you get caught on stuff, monster claws, you're always awkwardly trying to spin around. Um, I don't know. It felt like an older game to me as far as, like, the gameplay is concerned. There's just times where I'm like, this feels like I'm playing, like, a survival horror game from the early aughts, and that's exactly what this game is. I also had problems with the running. Like, the way most modern games handle running is if you click it or you hit the button or whatever to run, and then if you ease off the stick, they stop running. In this, that does not happen. So a lot of times, I'll ease off the stick, and muscle memory is, okay, I need to click the stick again to run again, he'll still be running and I'll click the stick and it turns off the run. And then suddenly I'm walking really slowly while there's a bunch of necromorphs like breathing down my neck that I gotta click it again to run. It's just this very little thing that I have been programmed from playing other games to know how the run, stopping the run versus starting the run works. And it works different in this game. And that caught me off guard. I have not noticed. I don't, I'm not sure what you're talking about. So in most games if you you click the stick and you start running and you hold the stick forward it will keep running as long as you hold the stick forward as soon as you ease off the stick the run stops and then you need to click the stick again to run in this if you ease off the stick he will still run in fact you can even change direction in this game and keep running you can run forward and then pull back on the stick and they'll keep he'll keep running in other games if you did that he would stop running and you would have to click the stick again to start running again and so i do that I change the direction. I assume he's going to start run, stop running, so I click the stick again to run, and it actually makes him stop so running. Are you saying you can come to a complete stop and then move again, and you he'll can still cha- be running? Complete stop, I'm not 100% sure, but you can change directions, like a 180, and the run doesn't stop. And in most games, that is not the case. So it, it's just this thing, the muscle memory has been built up in my mind of playing games. I haven't noticed that. It's bothered me all. the entire time playing this. I did finally get over the hump, like, the last two hours I was playing it. Um, but, again, just something small that I noticed that kind of bothered me a little bit. But what I really noticed, Matt, playing this, and it's a little disappointing to me, is that games really haven't changed all that much in 15 years. This game is 15 years old, and it does not feel 15 years old. There's no quality of life improvements in this to improve the gameplay or how it plays. Like, most of the stuff that they've added to it are just kind of, like, frivolous. And it's not like a dinosaur. Like, it, mm-hmm. this is like a wake-up call to me. Like, wow, the industry has really slowed the fuck well, down. I, I think that's ridiculous. What that's, do you mean? I think it's more this genre. I think there, there hasn't been much in the no, horror genre. No, it's not. I started thinking about all the other games I've been playing, and I'm like, I can't really think of any other games that have really changed anything either. Like, it's all, since 2008, 2010, games have not changed that much, like, at all. To be what, able to play what, this hardly untouched, and not for it to not feel old, older than it does, that's crazy. 
Maybe. If you go, let's think about 2008 and go back 15 years from 2008. That puts you at 1993. Yeah, think about games from 93 to 2008. Yeah. There's no way you can tell me that it, the, the changes haven't well, slowed down. Well, it, I think it's an irrelevant comparison because between those 93 and 2008, 3D happened. Yeah. You had to completely reinvent how games were controlled Right, and but I'm saying we've not had the, the paradigm yeah, shifts. Because you, there's no such thing as a 4D game. There might be someday. There might That's be some not, change. Well, fourth dimension is time, so I don't know how you're going to do that. Um, the I don't, I don't know what you want to change when you say that, I guess. My point is, is they haven't changed at all. Gaming has become way more stagnant than I realized in the last 15 years. It just well, what has. Would you, what would you want to change? Just design. It's like, again, like you don't care about innovation. I do. And innovation now, in what? What is in missing? Anything. In anything. So just, how it's presented. something different for the sake of different like whether it makes controls, sense or not. If it's better, it's better. Because that's, there is no better. Apparently, like, what are you going to change to this? It would be better my point is that toggle. I'm disappointed that these geniuses have not found better. We're doing the same shit we did 15 years ago because it works. It does it. Yeah. The, the, what you're looking for is called VR and it didn't work, but it will no work someday. It. Well, one day when you don't have to like plug four wires in and put a giant head. But I mean, I would in. guess I would argue that VR should have come way more quickly. And by now it should be good. Well, like VR we waited too long. VR couldn't have come quickly because the tech didn't exist to make it affordable for, for the, I mean, even the PlayStation VR 2, you're pushing the limits of what's affordable in terms of acceptable presentation. But Matt, there were VR games in arcades 20 years ago. Yeah, and they sucked. They were, they were sucked and they were very simple, but good? nobody tried. They just let it sit there for like, 10 years and because never did it, anything with because it. Because everybody knew there was no market for it. There was no, like, it, didn't, it didn't enhance anything to the point that people would spend that kind of money for it. Look. And they were right because no one did. Look, one thing I understand about this is that I've been playing games since the 70s. And most people who are watching so Game Face or buy games don't, haven't. And so to them, 15 years of stagnation probably doesn't matter. They're like, well, shit, dude. Chain when Dead Space came out, I was three. I get that. I'm not. I'm in my 40s. I've been playing games since the 70s. From the 70s until 2008, shit was changing all the fucking time. Yeah, now we have a 15-year period where shit hasn't changed at all. Yeah, but what I'm saying you is... Can, I've you can't see been, the difference. I see the difference, but I'm saying that it doesn't matter because you're you're comparing the infancy of a, of a technology and a medium to an established time of the medium. It's like saying... But like, you're, you're saying my observation was wrong, and I'm telling I'm you it's you're not wrong. I'm saying you're up. It slowed down. I'm saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying so what? It does what? matter to me. But I feel so like what? we're but underselling it. I don't think we're underselling it at all, because what you're to me, what you're complaining about here is it's like someone who was around for the silent era of film, saying like, you know, in the late 20, 1910s and 1920s, we switched to sound, and we changed how we shot things, because we had to change how the cameras work, because they now they had sound, and they, you couldn't move them around as much, so now we had to use close-ups, and we had to use... And now we're in the 40s and the 50s, and everything's... every All the movies are just the same now, because they're all the same. But, like, you're... you're it's the same now because they figured it out. But like, movies have changed, Matt. Well, they eventually they did. They turned to color, and, which, and, and they changed in terms of style, and games have changed in terms of style. But they changed... 3D, the, the CG, the technological advancements in films. Yeah, but that now make, you have like these crazy theaters that like rain and blow wind and shit. Yeah, like, but that doesn't make the movies any better. Some people think it does. Well, I mean, look at Avatar. It's pulling in the dough. Like, yeah, but it's not a good movie. But people... But, uh, so what? Is it good or is it not? If people go see it, does that mean it sucks? I don't know, man. Term Transformers <laughs> 3 made a billion dollars. Is that one of the best movies of all time? I think if you asked the five-year-olds that went to see it, they probably would have said yes. That movie was not for five-year-olds. It was for teenagers. <laughs> Whatever. Some people went to see that movie and liked it. 
Like they just did. Okay, like we well, hated it. We thought it was a piece of shit, but some people liked it. But but that's not the point. Like you're not talking about whether people like it. Tons of people like games. Games are more popular than they've ever been. So if you're talking about populist appeal in terms of change, you don't need to do that because no one cares. They buy the stuff that already exists and works. No, the reason they keep buying the shit is because people fall off of games. A lot of people our age aren't playing games like we do, Matt. We're a fucking anomaly. We get replaced by the 12-year-olds every year. The 12-year-olds come in, and the vast majority of people our age stop playing. And those people didn't play games back when we did. They don't see the dichotomy. They don't see whether there was a change or not. All they know is that this is what games are, and this is what I buy. And to them, it doesn't matter because it's the f- playing Dead Space for someone who's 18 right now. They're but like, what, I didn't but play what it. what do you want? I don't Advancements, changes. Why? It was just, it smacked me in the face. That shit hasn't changed in 15 years. Again, why? What do you want to change? That's not my job, Matt. That's the job of the geniuses who make games. But if you're saying, but the people whose job it is have apparently said, we don't need to change this because it already works. No, because they're risk averse and they want to make money. That's my point. That's the whole point of all this. They've all become very comfortable and very safe. They're like, as long as the games look better, we can keep making this shit the way that we made it. And all that matters is the graphics. I disagree with that. I'm a gameplay first guy. So I'm playing a game that's 15 years old. It's the same fucking thing I played 15 years ago. And it it doesn't stand out. It's like, yeah, all games are like this. Like, I don't understand how you can't see my perspective. I see your perspective. I just think it's a silly thing to say. I don't think it matters. Like it, it does no. How about this? How can you just can you just say for once it doesn't matter to me, but I can respect that it matters to you. You never can do that, Matt. You can never I say it to you all the time. If I disagree with you, I'm like, fine. I don't agree with that, but I respect your opinion. I would you never a, do that with me. Because you, you always have to say I'm wrong or I'm a fool. I no, I'm say, not. I, I have a different perspective on it. That's all it is. And I think your perspective is weird. That's fine. Because it does, That's you, okay. You can't, don't you tell can't, me that I'm wrong. I'll tell you you're wrong because you can't tell me an example of oh, what you want Lord. to change. If you had an example of what's what needed to change. The industry to is too risk averse, Matt. They're all playing it too close. The only people who will take chances are indie developers who have no risk involved with the money. These but big, indie games are all the big same Big money too. projects are safe AF. That's what hit me. Are they? Um, yes. You the, think Starfield is a safe project? Yeah, why you think not? Cyberpunk was a safe project? Yes, absolutely. But it wasn't because Cyberpunk fucking imploded. It did not. It sold like 20 million copies. But it didn't work. It was broken when it came Man, out. You're <laughs> How was Cyberpunk safe? It's a it's the same pattern. There was nothing different about it but the setting. Just like this is nothing different but this but the setting. It's on a ship. Instead of being in a haunted mansion like Resident Evil. It's just the setting. That's all that changes. Even but going this back, doesn't feel think like back Resident- to like, okay, so I was like, all right. What's, what has the game of the years been? Because I started thinking about this. What has the game of the years been for the last 10 years? None of them pushed the envelope. Last year's game of the year, Elden Ring. People splooshed all over it because it was an old game that they brought into a framework that everyone was familiar with. Zelda. People lost their mind over Breath of the Wild because it was an open world action RPG okay, I, that I, was Zelda. All right, but I, I'm not going to defend Breath of the Wild. You know that. But it's the truth. But, but it's. are you going to tell me that Breath of the Wild wasn't a risk for Zelda? No. It was the inevitable conclusion that we all had waited for for a good 10 years at that point. But it's a massive change to the format of the most proven series in Nintendo's catalog other than Mario. They waited 10 years after open world games were a thing. Open world action RPGs had already taken over. But even even in that situation... They were the least risk of I Look, man, I'm never going to sit here and defend Breath of the Wild. You know that. I think it's one of the most overrated games ever made. 
But if you're going to tell me that Breath of the Wild was not a risky project in terms of what you were presenting to the fans, the, the least accepting fans of change. I don't. I think the, the fans industry. were begging for that exact game for 10 years. That's what people wanted. They finally gave it to them. I don't think people were asking them to take the dungeons out of Zelda. No, but I, the open world concept and open world action. I RPG, think Breath of the Wild was a risk. I do not. I disagree with that. And I think, I'll give you this, it was more risky than a lot of big games, but that just shows you how pathetic it's become. No one's taking any risks anymore with big budget games. They're all, it's just the same thing over and over. Different setting, different character. Do they like this character? Oh, they don't. We have to stop making that franchise, but we'll make another franchise that's exactly the same with a different character that maybe they like. Like, again, it. and I realize that I am right now Speaking to people who are like me, who are in their 40s and have played games since the beginning. I realize anyone who's listening to this right now who's in their teens or their 20s or maybe even their early 30s are like, you're insane. I'm not sick of any of this stuff. I've only been playing it for so many years. But I'm just telling you, as someone who's seen the whole arc of the industry, this last 15-year period has been the least innovative of any period ever. And innovation matters to me. Again, I get you don't care about it. I do. I want to see changes. I want to see things get better. I think, and change, I don't think we're getting it other than the visual. I just don't understand the, the the reason I dismiss what you say here so easily is because you don't have any example of what you want to change. Like if you were, but that's not my job, Matt. I'm not the I'm not a so game you developer. You, ju you just want a kind of arbitrary. Like, Matt, I, did, I didn't know I wanted Pikmin before Miyamoto came up with Pikmin. Pikmin's I didn't just know an RTS. I didn't know I wanted to play Super Mario in 3D until Miyamoto made Super Mario in 3D. Well, like, that was, I don't. You, that's not my a job. A 3D Mario game was not a. I'm not a massive. Innovation. I'm not complaining about execution. myself. I'm complaining about the game developers and the publishers who have become risk averse and don't want to invest money in new ideas, in new concepts. It, it I don't know how you can deny that. Because what what What's new concepts? Let, let, let me ask you. What was the last big budget game that you thought was innovative? Is it Zelda? Not Zelda. Like again, I'm not going to call Zelda innovative because I think it was remixing stuff that already existed. I think it was a risk. I think saying something is innovative and risky are two different things. They are, but they're normally, they go hand in hand. I don't agree with that. I think certainly innovative things are generally risky, but risk is bigger than that. Risk is, risk again, is just Again, I don't think they're the and same look, thing. Some things are risky and they're stupid. Like that yeah, doesn't have to, something doesn't have to be a good idea to be risky. Yeah, I just said they're different, but they usually go hand in hand. Risk and innovation generally go hand in hand i mean i don't i don't particularly care about the games but i would say uh innovation comes from things like uh i'd say it takes two was innovative um maybe not so innovative when you consider the game that came before it because there and it takes two is kind of a platforming uh uh refinement of the fucking jailbreak game i can never remember the name of a way out is that it yeah um i would say that's innovative um yeah but Both again, the same guy. But again, if you want real innovation, you got to go to VR. Or you got to play AR. indie games. I don't think indie it games... It never used to be that way, though. We used I don't to get, think indie games are innovative particularly either. I mean, I guess you could say Undertale was very innovative. We used to get games but that most were in the game, top 20th percentile of budgets that broke the mold, that tried new things, that innovated. Now, and look, there is a law of diminishing returns involved here. Anytime somebody comes up with an idea, that means the next person can't come up with that same idea. They have to find a different idea. I don't expect it to stay on that spike that we had from 93 to 2008. Mm -hmm. That's foolish to think that it would continue that way. But, dude, it's been 15 years. No Man's Sky. It, 15 years. It's crazy. But, like, I mean, I just don't. I do think this game feels a little 
primitive. Uh, it, a couple things do do, but, but also for the most part. But also, there's a bunch of stuff like that. It doesn't. Do, I mean, you mentioned Eternal Darkness, um, and I've been trying to think of another of other games that basically have the, as their core combat mechanic dismembering the enemy so they can't hurt you as easily. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of anything. Yeah. But this is a game like, is 15 might, years old. <laughs> I mean, I guess that technically goes all the way back to Die by the Sword. Yeah, I mean, why, at the but, very least, why haven't other developers stolen this idea and expanded upon it? I think like, because it doesn't sell games. Like, it's in the industry, it's a business, you know? And I, and I, also I mean, here we are 15 years I later, also don't th- and they've remade this game. I think if you're going to make that complaint about AAA games, you th- that complaint has to also apply to, to indie games. Because most indie games are not innovative. Well... They are... They are they're aping the five forms of indie games that have been giant mega hits. Yeah, but you have to consider the resources that they have available to them. It, a lot of times it's five dudes or whatever, like, working in a garage. Right, but that's the same as the people who were innovating back in the 80s. They, well, had, look, they had no more we're to gonna, work We're going to do an indie preview. Uh, to your point, we're doing an indie preview a little bit later on in the show, and... You're right. Like this year, there aren't any innovative indie games, so they are also starting to run I mean, out of creative that we know ideas. Of. Like there might be, there might be, but I like mean, innovation in the, in the space of like big game. I mean, look, 3D movement is solved. Like there's, I thought the 3D movement in this sucked. That was good. one of the things that's, I brought up. I'm go, I'm gonna go ahead and say that that is mostly the Frostbite engine. Maybe because. 3D movement is the reason you think the 3D movement in this sucks is because 3D movement is solved and you know what proper 3D movement is and this game isn't doing it right. By the way, if you haven't figured it out, this is the B-roll of the old Dead Space. I'm sure you guys have figured that out by now, but just in case, I wanted to bring it up. We figured it out because it's so much brighter. <laughs> it is brighter, but it still looks pretty damn good. Yeah. Is this what is this from? Um, Xbox. Xbox One. Yeah. I mean, they are upscaling. With yep. that, but like, that, I mean, Dead I Space, mean, it still looks Dead pretty Space damn was, good. Dead Space was never a bad looking game. Yeah. Um, even the PC version, while it doesn't really work right, it still looked pretty good. Like, there was a reason when this thing, when the remake was announced, people were kind of like, well, do you really need to remake Dead Space? Because it still pretty much works fine. Yeah. Um, hello. But like, yeah. I mean, I I think uh, weirdly, I think the spaces are bigger in this. It does. It seems more open. Like, it's big, it's like, less claustrophobic. Yeah. It feels like yep. I'm the not hallways sure. feel wider too. Yeah, it definitely feels like big. Or maybe Isaac is smaller. I don't know. But anyway, one that's one of the major takeaways I had coming away from this game. I was like, wow, things have really slowed down as far as like changing games. Like really now. It feels like everything's just set down, and either you just change the setting, you change the mm-hmm. art style, you change the music, and it's just like almost like an ad lib. It feels like video game development has become ad libs at this point. And again, I think you mean mad libs, like mad libs, yeah. Like in, again, half our audience may not even know what a mad lib is, but they're these yeah, books that you would buy. They still make them. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. That was the thing when we were young. Even if but. not, there's like games that involve that that like you they are described as mad lib style. So even if you don't know what mad libs are, you're gonna know what that. But that's what game development is starting to feel like. Well, here's to me. the thing: what I would I would say to to counter or explain that is one of the thing, one of the reasons it slowed down is because 3D games were figured out. 3D games kind of figured out their thing, what they could do, what they were good at, what they weren't good at, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and that was sort of the big push. It's also one of the reasons. You know, we're talking about GoldenEye. Um, it's one of the reasons that generation didn't age well was because that generation was a, a generation of figuring out, wow, that, that really isn't, okay, that looks better when you stomp on boxes in the new one. Yeah, definitely. When um, it disappeared before you actually stomped yeah. on it. You can see the whole room <laughs> in this, too. That's, that's just a lighting issue. Yeah, here. the lighting's way brighter in uh, this, for sure. In the midair, that's good. Um, no, the, but, like, 
it was a, the, you know, the whole generation where they had to figure out how 3D worked, basically. And you know, you had things where like Mario 64 and Zelda sort of figured out how um, how you navigated and how you locked on in a 3D space. And you, you know, slowly it was refined. And I think the next wave of um, you know innovation in that regard and figuring out a new language of a new form of the medium was VR. Mm-hmm. And unlike 3D, which this could have happened, like there was a possibility, and Sega kind of bet on it and lost. Um, there was the possibility that people could have rejected 3D, but they didn't. But the mass audience rejected VR. Yeah. Um, Price and probably had you can, a lot to You can do go with back and forth all day on why yeah. that is. I think cost is a big part of it. Yeah. I think lack of support and lack of constant. I mean, the one thing you cannot say about the 3D infancy era is, the, is there was a lack of things to play. Like, PlayStation 1 had new releases every fucking week yeah. for a while. Uh, N64 not so much, but when they did, it was a banger most yeah. of the time. Because again, um, 3D was new. Yeah, they were trying to figure out new things and, and, and all that. But VR had that 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 ceiling of or that that ceiling. It, it had that barrier to entry, and no one really jumped over it. It was you know it was just it, with the, with 3D. It was a choice of like, am I going to buy this the PlayStation the 3D system or I'm going to buy the 2D system? The answer was 3D system for like 95 percent of the people. Not yep. me. I bought a Saturn because that's who I am. But like. VR was rejected in that regard. If VR was embraced the way the PlayStation 1 was, I think we would be seeing innovation over the last five or so years of that on that level. I think we would be seeing developers and the best... If it had been successful. Best, say, yeah, and the best yeah. minds in development figuring out how to talk to people through this new medium. And we're not seeing it because yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. And it might one day, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the change... Obviously, it was not... To put out a $500 add-on for the PlayStation 5. Yeah. It's just, you know, I'm getting to the point with my age and how long I've been in the industry where I'm starting to notice trends. <laughs> like, it's like, wait a minute. I've been, you know, if you've been playing, I was playing hardcore back when this came out in 2008. I was just as hardcore then as I am now. Playing just as many games then as I am now. And it smacked me in the face. I was like, this game is basically a game from 2008 and it's fine in 2023. Mm-hmm. To me, that's nuts. The further even and music stuff like music production in the last listen if I listen to tracks made in 2008 versus listening to a track that is made now you can hear it you can hear the advances in music production particularly with electronic music like just the way that the sounds are formed the way everything is mixed like I feel like our medium is getting stagnant Matt that scares me it doesn't scare me at all it's, it's, stagnation is not this this it's, it's not stagnant because execution gets better and better. Innovation is not the only place you determine stagnation or freshness. Every time, I mean, the more and more mature a medium gets and the more refined everything gets, the more it becomes just refining things over and over again and making them better and better to the, until you get to the point where we're at right now, where even like a fairly small developer, like the people who made Stray or Hellblade can make Stray or Hellblade. The games that look good like, with minimal yeah budget and uh, investment yeah, but they look as good and they, and they and they get across their ideas and they get what they're after done in a way that you just couldn't 10 years earlier but again i think that's all technology i think it's just yeah. because the hardware i don't but, think it's creativity on but the part of what, the developers what do you think uh 3d and you know 40x or whatever you want all that stuff you listed about modern movies is that's just technology a lot it doesn't of it, make look, the movie any you're right a lot of it does rely on advancements in technology like you said if, if vr and this became, has always games have always been technology first yeah always but my point is i don't feel it's like i said before like 
innovation in, in games tends to come from, oh my God, we can do this now. Yeah. And I but, think we're out of that for 3D games. I don't see them using the power of these machines the way, in an innovative way. It's like, we're gonna make the character models look better. We're gonna make, make it so you can see farther and we're not gonna use fog to hide the horizon or whatever. But instead of like I've mentioned before, like somebody needs to make a game kind of like the Dead Space rework where it's just room by room and you really use the power of this hardware. You never go outside or maybe at the end, the reveal is going outside. Finally, you're escaping something and then the payoff to finish the game is you get outside or whatever. It's a little yeah, bit like Stray actually but was. But to do but, what? I guess is what but I'm my saying. point is, is so then you can use the power of the hardware in more interesting ways for AI like enemy ai that for, is always going to be a dead for end. enemy variety they say for, that every generation and every boost in, in they never use it for it, it because it's very very hard and it's not worth it like i mean people don't notice advances in ai are some of the biggest technological advancements of the last five years in terms of ai like any art AI. direction any not kind of video AI. game enemy ai that's not Why? that's a, because it's very hard to do and it doesn't actually change much because people don't want smart enemies they want enemies well, they don't have to be pure. enemies they could be teammates well that's not a thing that is what do you mean it's not, you. A it's not a thing they're the npcs gonna... that fight alongside you right, all the time not, but it does, is that going to sell more copies is it going to change anything like what when's the last time an ai teammate like made a difference to you i mean teammates make a difference to me in every game i play whether they act smart or they aren't or whether they shoot stuff and it actually doesn't do any damn all that stuff matters absolutely so anyway, this is just an observation that I had after playing a big chunk of this that I'm like, here I am playing the same game I played back in 2008 and it's fine. It doesn't stick out. It's just another video game that came out in 2023. That to me seems crazy. I mean, I don't know. I, I think this is pretty different from the stuff I've been playing recently, but it doesn't. Different because you mean like as far as it feels old? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it does. I mean, there's a couple of nuances that I mentioned throughout our discussion. I think at the very least, the controls feel a little dated. Yeah, I like, mean, I mentioned that. But like, yeah. part of that is, you know, I don't know if I, I never felt that about the original game, but that's probably because I haven't played the original game in seven, eight years. Yeah. Um, and because it's a horror game, like horror games have always had the crutch of like, oh, it controls bad because it's supposed to be scary. Because you yeah. can like, no, that's just fucking annoying. That was always bullshit. The tank controls were always bullshit. Yeah. Um. I kind of feel like Resident Evil 4 is a little more advanced in this game in a lot of ways, even yeah. going back to 2008. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously taking from Resident Evil 4. This game doesn't exist without Resident right. Evil 4. But like Resident Evil 4 keeps it a little fresher throughout. Um, yeah. And that's probably changes in environment. Well, I mean, look, you, like, it, it, and we're, look you we're about to play. You decide this takes place on a spaceship, you're on that spaceship. Like yeah. that's, you know, that's one of its weaknesses is the, the environments can't really change much. Well, it'll be interesting to play the RE4 remake and see what parts of that game Capcom felt wasn't yeah. up to scratch for 2023. And I'm fascinated. I'm very. I'm fascinated in what my reaction to that will be mm -hmm. because I love Resident Evil 4. I haven't played Resident Evil 4 in forever. Yeah. I'm considering playing it again before the remake comes out just to sort of have it fresh in the my comparison. mind, but, or at least like start a game. Probably that's a long game. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. Like. Um. I don't know. Like it, it's it's. I really don't know what my reaction to the Resident Evil 4 remake is going to be. I hope it's great. I hope so. I mean, <laughs> I hope, it's I, awesome. I hope that, that that was going to be my reaction to this, and it kind of is. I mean, well, I still played ten hours yeah, of this like, thing this before is, I started to burn great. out on like, it. This is a really good remake, but like, I was also surprised how much I had forgotten about the game. Yeah, 
Like, yeah. there was a couple puzzles I was like, I should remember how to solve this mm-hmm. puzzle, like, right away, and I didn't. And I well, was, I was like, also surprised a little how, disappointed in my retention. I was surprised on how much I'd forgotten how the kinetic, the kinesis worked. Yeah. I'm like, I, it took me, like, three minutes to figure out how to move the first box properly. Yep. I'm like, oh, right, because you have to move him with, again, that would be solved differently today. It should I think. be. And, you, well, I'm, su- I'm surprised. <laughs> what I'm surprised that they didn't change yeah. how you controlled that. I wonder if they just couldn't figure out how to make. Yeah. That would have probably required overhauling how all the puzzles worked with that, and probably that was too much work for for this project. Yeah. But like, like I feel like if you were going to do a, a, like a telekinesis ability in a modern game, you would do it very differently, and you would probably switch it to use the right stick to direct yeah. the thing you're using. Once you like, have it up, you just use the right. And, th- stick and this to one, you it. literally have to move Isaac's body angle and body and direction really to make awkward. it move in the direction you want it to go. And first, I thought it was stuck, and it was it was I don't yeah. know. Who would you recommend this to, Matt, to buy right now at full um, price? I mean, probably Dead Space One fans in the first place. You um, would recommend it to people who yeah. really like the first. Yeah, I like think it so. the first I mean, time. I mean, around. I think if you're ready, to, if you're ready and aware that it's just the same game again with some tweaks. Yeah. Like this is, yeah, this is great. It's a, it's a really good remake. Um, if you like horror games and don't have anything to play in terms of the third person sort of run around corridors and shoot things horror stuff is pretty good also if you're a fan of dismembering things mm-hmm. um there's very few i can't think of a lot of other games that are better obviously tons of games have dismemberment but i can't think of too many that use dismemberment as a gameplay mechanic. function mechanic yeah. in the in the way this does yeah in the way that cutting an arm off something makes it come at you in a completely different way because i will say this eternal darkness does not hold up as well no <laughs> this game granted no. that's from 97 so it you know it gets nah, a pass that's 2000 two or something eternal darkness yeah was it it was on the game oh you know you're right you're right it was gonna be 1997 yeah it really supposed to come out for the n64 N64. on 97 i played the n64 version at e3 it was almost done yeah (laughs) and then they canned it i remember that that year that was an amazing year i think was that 99 yeah 99 because i think that was a year i played like three things on the n64 that didn't come out until the gamecube dinosaur planet dinosaur planet and cameo yeah um yep oh rare (laughs) those were the days I, I would actually struggle, Matt, to tell someone who played the original to buy this at full I price. I think if you haven't played the original in more than 10 years, if you play the original when it came out and you haven't played it maybe since that gen, yeah, it might be time. Maybe. I would probably still recommend to those people to maybe wait for the first price drop. Um, if you are younger and you've never played Dead Space, I think you're probably going to love this game. Because mm-hmm. I would love to play this again for the first time. Yeah. Impossible. But... If you've never played Dead Space, I would recommend buying this at full price. It and it's like fifteen hours, sixteen hours long. It's not yeah, it's respectable. It's not so short that you'll feel ripped off, but it's not so long there, that it drags on. And there is a new ending if you play it a second time. Oh, really? Stupid. The new game, I would never new game Plus has a new ending <laughs> of some kind, which is. Stupid. I would just watch that on YouTube. <laughs> like you're just kind of being a dick. Yeah. At that point. I yeah. Think. That's not innovation I can get behind. It would they, be cool if they Only could... giving me the real ending after I played the game twice. What is this, Ghosts and Goblins? We already did that. <laughs> it would be cool if somehow they had your save data from, like, Xbox Live or something. Yeah. And if they knew that you had already finished it once, they would just give you the new ending to watch. But yeah. I, they can't do that. Because so. no, I... our saves have not gone 
been pushed forward from that far back, unfortunately. No, I yeah, I mean my saves from the last gen, but like Xbox 360. No, I mean I think you could transfer some saves from Xbox 360. I remember doing that on the Xbox One. No, really. But I'm sure that didn't carry over. I remember yeah. trans. I definitely remember transferring my save for Rock Band hmm. onto. Xbox oh yeah, One. I think they made it. They, it was like a special. That case, was a special though, thing. Where they went out of their band, way yeah. to make sure that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you could upload save. I can still actually de- get 360 saves from a cloud. Can you? On some things. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, okay. Uh, some of the backwards compatible. So maybe they could have done it. That but it's the cool. backwards compatible stuff that's still literally the 360 version, not like an updated new version of it. Yeah. Like, like if fun. I wanted to play Red Dead Redemption and import my save from the 360, I could do that. Yeah. Uh, let's see what you guys are saying. Um, Justin Ormer, I prefer this method of unlocking a secret ending rather than collecting Riddler trophies, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I can't imagine how you do that on this. It'd just be cluttered with more shit. Um, Erebus says you absolutely can move a 360 save if they were cloud yeah. saved. I don't yeah. think I ever did that, though. You can. Yeah, I've definitely done that. I wonder that. if I could boot up my old 360 and still yeah. gra- transfer the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely, I've definitely done that. Huh. Yeah, I mean, okay. you'll have to sit there and let it update and stuff, and it takes. It you want to see innovation? It's not innovation; it's just technological. But you want to see, you see how long it takes to upload a fucking cloud save <laughs> on the 360. There's there's an. Experience I mean, we've been dealing it. with that. And like, now it's just like boom, transferring done. the stuff from the Wii. Like that took oh, forever. Yeah. Like yeah, for whatever oh, reason, it. all the cloud where you stuff. Where you hook them up through like the thing, like you just sort of left it for three hours and hoped. And it yeah, had that absolutely. animation where like people were getting on like yeah. a plane or something. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was like it's, it's, it's like oh my god, could you? You've just made this faster to spend all your time making this funny little animation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, there you go. That's the Dead Space refurb. Refurb. Yeah. <laughs> Got Mr. Carpenter. Got that. Yeah. And this, um, this is what I went to get. Oh, yeah. Let's put the, the camera um, on you so you can show it off. What is that? This is the limited edition of Dead Space 1. Oh, snap. There are only a thousand of these. Really? You had to order them special through EA's website. I don't remember why I ordered it because you had to pre-order it. It was sold out like that. I just ordered it because I thought it looked cool. Uh-huh. And What's in there? Well, the game was in here, but then there's a signed oh. card. Who signed that? Glenn Schofield. It is Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, another thing also signed by the, the art guy. And then you open, you open this up. I haven't opened this in years, but it's got like the patch for the oh. the Ishimura and um, a little art book and a little. I think this is a comic, like graphic novel making of thing. Uh-huh. And then this is some kind of PC. Is it P- Dark Dead Space bonus content disc? So it's got like behind the scenes making things, of making stuff, of stuff like stuff that. On it. Yeah, they did this for this and Mirror's Edge and whatever the other the third game in that. Kind. Remember that they did like they had, like the three games that were like we're doing new IPs and we're gonna oh, branch yeah. out and do crazy. What it was, was this and Mirror's Edge and something else. Was it Dante's Inferno? That might have been it. Yeah, it was right around that time. Yeah, that sounds it was like the last original IP that yeah, he released. That sounds like it might be right. <laughs> and this is what is it? Oh, this is the PC version, I think, right? Yeah, no, this is the the animation, the downfall. Oh, right, this downfall. The, the prequel. Yeah. And then in here was the 360 version. The actual version, game which disc. I, it's on my shelf downstairs. Yeah. Why would you? How much was that? Do you remember? I want to say it was like 100 bucks. Yeah. 100 something. That's about right. And now it's worth like 1200 Really? 12 1500 Be it's, careful putting all that stuff they're, back they're, in there, man. Because they were... Th- they you don't want to bend any corners. I also got the Mirror's Edge one, which was not as good. The Mirror's yeah. Edge one was basically just came with her messenger bag. Yeah. Which don't I, forget your sign Which target. actually turned out to be, like, a really cheap ass. Like, it was not... It was... It was, um... What was... It was, it was the Fallout 76 bag... Bag gate before the Fallout 76 uh, bag. It was just not very good. Gotcha. And it fell apart. 
But um, yeah, it was. Uh, this was this. I thought thought this was pretty cool. Oh, there was the ultra limited edition. That's what no. only a thousand. Of them. <laughs> so what is this? Uh, what version of it? it actually has the thing? This is number three seventy six of a thousand. Wow, that's why it's worth so much money. There's only one thousand of them. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, so there you go. That's the Dead Space refurb. Always, always committed to the dismemberment. Yeah, it was, it was the icon, yeah, iconic yeah. of the time. Yeah, it's a f- hand floating in space. Yep. So we recommend it to those of you who have not played Dead Space before, and Matt recommends it to people like us who played it way back in the day. I would say wait for. This I will count. say. I mean, again, it also kind of depends where you are. Like, there's so much stuff coming out in the next two months that maybe not like. Maybe, maybe, but I, you know, part of it's kind of like, oh, you could, it'd be a good filler game for when you don't have anything else to play and you're waiting for the other stuff to come out. But like by the time that happens, the price probably will have dropped, or it might have ended up on EA Play. Well, the other thing too is that next month they're like, we just put up dossier, and oh, there February are in March is just there m- are ten madness. games worth buying in March. So. so like you might end up having to wait until like July yeah. to bother playing this, and yeah. by then it might actually have dropped in price. That's I don't true. Know. Yeah, um, I think it's a very good. I think it's a very, very good... I think they accomplished they everything they it. wanted to accomplish yeah. with this. Um, but it's it's a little held back by being itself. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, but they did do a good job on it. Like, the craftsmanship and everything in the game, I didn't have any bugs or other weird crap happening. Like, it ran sp- smooth. Nothing like that. So, we'll see. We'll see how, um, we'll see how RE4 does. Because <laughs> that's coming pretty soon as well. And that might be a game that people are considering instead of this game. And therefore, maybe... You know, if you are really excited for RE4 and you're like, Shane, I can only afford one horror game per quarter, or per half of the year or whatever, I would probably say wait for RE4. Yeah, I would probably, if I had to bet on one of these, it would be Resident Evil yeah. 4. You're and working I, with better material from I mean, the start. For, I mean, look, I'm not going to... Oh, yeah, keep her away. <laughs> edging, I'm going to keep her away. I'm edging her off the table yeah. with the Dead Space thing. Um, yeah, I would, yeah, Resident Evil 4 is a better game. Yeah. It always has the been. And I, and I see no reason to expect that to change with the remakes. Yep. You know? Yep. Can reprise your role as the, uh, as the merchant from RE4. Back well, in the yeah. day, Matt, one of Matt's characters on X-Play was he played the merchant from Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. What are you buying? What are you buying? <laughs> what are you selling? You think they're going to keep him in the game? Oh, he's in. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you don't. If he's not in it, he's at Resident Evil 4. That would be a huge mistake. <laughs> I bet he's got his own fucking side quest. You probably play as him through a whole side story yeah. now. Yep. I think you'll I think we will find things out about the Resident Evil Resident Evil 4 merchants like backstory and it will be very disappointing. <laughs> It'll be one of those things where you should never have elaborated on that. Well remember the merchant from the latest Resident Evil was memorable again. Yeah. It was like the and first he, time and he mentions him. Right. It was the first time they brought that concept back to Resident mm-hmm. Evil where the merchant was like this legit character that you actually cared about. Yeah. And I'll, and I would just like magically appeared every right. like never quite explained what he was doing or yep. why he was there. <laughs> Yep. Uh, okay, there you go. The Red Space Refurb. Next up, we're going to talk about one of the reasons why everyone's leaving E3. Because everybody just wants to do pre-recorded facsimiles of Nintendo Direct. Where you control everything. You know what's in every frame. You don't have to worry about somebody botching their presentation. You don't have to worry about the game crashing live on stage. Mm. You don't have to worry about people booing if it being immortalized throughout all time. You don't have to you worry will, about... There will mis- never be another Ridge Racer. <laughs> right. You don't have to worry about any of those mistakes there anymore. There will never be another one million troops. <laughs> a million, one million troops, yep. That'll like, never happen again. And look, that's a shame to some degree. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I was in the third row center for that PlayStation E3 conference. Yeah. Pr- pr- I was at that Konami press and conference I too, man. 
I mean, I could not believe what I was seeing. And I feel kind of like E3 in general. I do feel sad that no one gets to, will never get, will never get to, to live that again. Like, yeah. Or the like, Zelda thing where they unveiled oh, yeah. Twilight Princess for the first time. And there like, were literally people crying yeah. on the like, floor. Like that stuff's the, never going to happen again. Like, I yeah. mean, that was not a pleasant thing to be around. No. Um, it was awkward and weird. Like, uh, cringe, but it was a moment. Cringe was not a term <laughs> then, but that was very it was cringe. cringe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but all that stuff is gone now and replaced, and in its stead is the direct. And now it's funny. Uh, Obi Wan nine thousand even points out another a good recent one. You have phones, right? Remember that when people freaked out oh, about right. Diablo Immortal? <laughs> like well, that's then the, there's TV. As soon as you put TV. somebody on stage, something. I mean, I mean, the only thing anyone remembers that Peggle guy for is that weird thing where he did <laughs> Peggle two and he did like the fucking Iron Man landing for yeah, no yeah. good reason and said Peggle two. Why? Why yeah. did that happen? Don't ever let these people out in front of. Then there was TV. 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 That was the Xbox press conference. Yeah, Xbox press. Xbox One unveiling. With a, with a, with a quick side no, side journey into ESPN ter- right, territory. Right, right, yeah. All that great stuff is gone forever. And instead, we get directs. And in fact, Xbox right, and Bethesda what? didn't even try to come up with a, its own name for them. Nope. It literally called it Developer Direct. Yep. <laughs> That's, Whatever. That's kind of embarrassing that they couldn't come up with their own name. For I mean, them. it covers the subject. It does. It's, I mean, we know what they what are. Thanks to Nintendo. Like I'm, so, you know, micro, you know, I, I kind of appreciate it. it's like, micro, you know, we're not busting the thesaurus out for this one. Nintendo doesn't have a copyright on direct. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, <laughs> and I will say this: it was good. Yeah, like it was a good direct mm-hmm. um, from well, Xbox, especially because they prepared you ahead. Of, like Starfield's not here. Yeah, like just. Because it's probably going to get its own. Yeah, absolutely. My guess. Literally, like a thirty. And minute. you got to put Redfall out first. Yeah, like you can't. You can't. That, Starfield's a distraction right yep. now. Like you're just going to overshadow all these other games that need to have their own time. Yep. And they did blow out Redfall for the first time, and now I can finally talk about it because I've oh, been. Jamie Kennedy from the Activision press conference. That was. Oh, there's just incredible. tons of them. that whole Konami press conference had like 20 things in it. That we, was just we lived like, in a moment of time <laughs> we did. that will never. We were very never lucky be to there be again. there. We music presentation, rock and roll four five eight reminds us of. It just mm-hmm. goes on and on. Those things are never going to happen again. It's just not. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Xbox and Bethesda his, his teaming up ready. now for their direct. They finally blew out Redfall, <laughs> and I can finally talk about it a little bit. I mean, like hinting about this game for weeks and weeks. I've been in the beta, um, and now you see why I was saying it's not really Left for Dead, but it mm-hmm. kind of is. Um, it is an open world Left for Dead, I guess is the best way to describe it. There, the concept of the safe house is the same. But you're not, as I kind of hinted in the last couple of weeks, you're not just like running in a linear path mm-hmm. from one safe house to the next. And it, that really has kind of, especially through Back for Blood, has sort of revealed been revealed to me as like that's what annoys me about the Left for Dead formula is yeah. the cattle shoot. Yeah, it is. Um, you're running down the point a, a to tunnel. point B thing. Yep. And this is open world, and you can really choose whenever you want to to take on missions. You go to the safe houses to get your missions from a bulletin board, and that's where you can sync up, and you can play with three other people. You can choose whether you want to do it on your own. You can choose whether you want to play it with two, three, four players. Um, my, and I know the big question everybody's asking is how does it scale? Um, I'm a little nervous about talking too much about anything that wasn't in this presentation honestly. But mm-hmm. I did watch his presentation really closely and took a lot of notes so that I was sure that I could share as much as I could. Um, I don't think I'm allowed to talk about the balancing yet from like one players to four players. Um, so I won't. But there's plenty of other stuff it's to talk about. Unfortunately, because that's my only real question. It is what is most people's I, questions Can I play are. this without other people? And have it 
work well. Yeah. Yeah. Left well, I can, Dead, can I, as soon as you remind me of Left 4 Dead, that means I'm not buying it yeah. because I can't play it solo. <laughs> well, I'll say this. It's not as much like Left 4 Dead as you think. Mm. How does that make you feel? <laughs> I mean, less like Left 4 Dead outside of the sense of humor is a good thing. Because Left 4 Dead, you really can't play it by yourself. No, not at all. <laughs> it's like the most And they've never figured that out. The there's some, there's thing. some innovation I'd like to see. Back for Blood, <laughs> having figured that out would have been a good one. Like They still can't figure it out. I don't get I just it. Like, it's sort of like you with Dark Souls. I just like to see the game, please. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I can't because the AI partners are morons. There's a place where I guess AI would be. A big deal. But again, you're talking about cater all that work to cater to how many people are going to play like a Left 4 Dead game yeah. solo. Like there's me and like five other people. Yep. Like if the people that want to play that solo got together and just wouldn't talk to each other, we could have played the game together. Yeah. The one thing I would say about this that I am allowed to say is the game isn't really scary. And they don't really try to make it scary. It's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek take on it, it, vampires. It always felt more like a Buffy kind of thing. It B- is. Buffy's not That's scary. That's probably a good way to put it. Um, you, as you've seen in this big blowout, the graphics are stylized. They're, they have a little bit of like a cartoony animated mm-hmm. look to them. They're not trying to be hyper-realistic. There are lots of jump scares in this and monster clauses, just like there are in uh, Dead Space. And not quite to the extent because they can't anticipate 100% where you're going to go in this. Now, like there's very specific areas in the open world. And there's an element of taking over territory in this game that's much more prevalent than you might expect. Because after you take over a couple areas that are next to each other, you'll take on like the local boss, like a mini boss. They have a name for it. I can't remember what it is right now. And then That's kind of like Just Cause 4. Yeah, and then if you, it is a little bit, and then if you take out that guy, then you move up, and there's this hierarchy of vampires that you, this ladder basically. Vampires love hierarchies. Yeah, that you have to take on till you get to like the ultra vampires, which are these insane bosses that like have their own special attacks and things like that. Um, so the I think they, I really had questions about how they would use the open world in a game like this, and they do a really good job of making use of the open world. The other thing I would say, too, is that people who are fans of Arcane that are worried that this isn't an Arcane game, you're wrong. It is. You can play this game the way you want. You can stealth around in this game and, like, complete missions playing stealth. You can go in guns blazing if you want to as well, um, but you can absolutely play this how you want to. Um, which I think is important for people who are fans of their games, although there aren't enough of those or their games would sell a lot more than they uh-huh. usually do. Um, you get both military and supernatural weapons and gear. Um, you customize your weapons with vampire stakes, which are basically just bayonets that you have. You can see it on every gun in this in this footage. Um, every gun is a bayonet, and that's a vampire stake that you use. And you can customize those, and they give you like little buffs for your weapons. Um, you choose a hero. Each hero has three unique abilities, and they really run the gamut. Uh, one guy has like this bird that you can send out that scouts an area and will mark the enemies so you can see the enemies through walls and things like that. Um, there's a combat robot that you can send out that'll distract the enemies, and the enemies will attack them, and you can flank them. Um, and again, I can only mention stuff that was in this presentation, so I'm being very careful here. Uh, there's a teleporter ability where you can literally just jump in time like a good like 100 yards forward. So if you want to catch an enemy off guard, and it really, that works really well for some of the higher level vampires. Uh, there's a spring ability. Like one character has this box that she'll sort of summon, and she can spring off of it. She can also set the springs up for teammates so they can spring. 
there's an umbrella that absorbs like e energy and bullets from enemies, and then you can send it all back at the enemies. What else? I think that's all that they mention in this footage. Again, I'm trying to be really careful. There's also spring pads, so if you die, it'll get you back into the fight really quickly. Um, that's been in other shooters, but they're utilized pretty well here. As I said, the safe houses are basically, they call them home bases in the game. Um, one of the examples that they show in, in this presentation is a firehouse. Um, and inside those, you can rest, you can restore, and you can chat with other players. You can set up play sessions. Um, and you receive missions from survivors on the bulletin board. Um, and then vampires. The vampires obviously are a big part of this. That's what the whole crux of the game. Those are the enemies that you're fighting over and over. Um, and some of the vampires have special abilities. There's one called Shroud that can create a barrier around the play world that kind of keeps you trapped. So you have to fight them in close quarters. And we've seen that in other games where they just... This, impromptu arena pops up and you're forced to fight like a couple enemies in very tight confines um but each vampire kind of has a special ability like that that can put you in unique uh situations um let's see there's psychic vampire nests those are like lairs that you infiltrate and every time you play them they change i think they're dynamically generated but one of the things that arcane wants to really get for um get out there about this game is that it is not a dynamically generated game it is not one of those games where it's just copy and paste throughout the whole game everything is built custom in this game um every mission every enemy every moment is something that they built by hand it wasn't something that they just let ai generate from a tool there's set no, there's that no director here right yeah it's all stuff that they custom built now again i think for fans of arcane that's something that they want to hear here yeah, you're I mean, seeing that's a very important thing to get out. i mean i can't believe how wrong the impression of this game was for so long mm -hmm. like it really i mean it's their fault though it is because they wouldn't talk about it and i they said talk about it and that that initial trailer really makes it look like a left for dead it clone. does like, yeah like, that was just my assumption. You're not alone. A lot of people felt that way. And that's why it was frustrating for me to sit here and not be able to talk about it. I was trying to hint as best I could without blowing the NDA that, like, no, it's really not like that. Yeah, like, this, like the presentation here definitely made it look more like something I would want to play. Yeah. Even um, though it's a shooter. Yeah. I mean, I like shooters as long as... I don't like multiplayer shooters. Much, yeah. And I don't care much about the military shooters at this point. Mm -hmm. Not because I dislike military shooters by default, but because I really, after several, many years, I just feel like no one's ever going to top those initial Modern Warfares. Yeah. And, like... Even no, you're as, right. They haven't. No, they haven't. And even <laughs> as someone who doesn't really like the original Black Ops games, like, even that, I can definitely tell there's a lack of verve yeah. compared to the I guess I don't know like I don't like Black Ops 1 but like or Black Ops 2 but there's a it's hard to it's hard to describe but it's like you feel like the people who made those games wanted to be there making those games yeah and the more recent Call of Duties and Battlefields have this like well we had to do this so here it is yep and I just don't but a good shooter will definitely catch my attention if it's got something going on for it, especially if I don't have to play with other people. Yep. That's um, why so I like the Far Cry games. Yeah. I'm rewinding the footage here to just show you guys a couple things. First of all, I want you to see... Good, there's the trees. skill tree. Yep. Which are pretty big for a shooter. Yeah. And are these, are these universal or are they different per They're character? They're different per character. Okay. Yep. Which is a big deal. And then this B-roll here gets into the vampire nest. And basically the objective is you go into the nest and it's like once you go in, there's no turning back. And once you go into the nest, the objective is to fight to the center of the nest, destroy a heart, and then escape. Um, and so 
one thing I would say is that the mission variety in this is pretty impressive, man. And the enemy variety, too. Like I said, each vampire kind of has its own special abilities. There was some B-roll a second ago that was showing some of that. Like, one vampire has this crazy shield that, like, rotates around them. Like, you never... Unlike with Dead Space, you never really knew what you're getting yourself into in this game until you're neck deep in it. And then you got to figure out how to get yourself out of it. Um, I've really enjoyed the beta. I can't, I can't say too much more than that. Um, but I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised by this game. This is why I said when you picked it for your fantasy team that you're going to be pleasantly surprised by the score, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, any questions that you had other than the scaling after no. watching this? Not really. Like... I think the only question I have left is only going to be answered once I get my hands on it. Like it's going to, you know, kind of like the old, the arcane thing. It's like, you know, I have the opposite question about arcane because I don't really like their games that much. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan either. Generally, is, um, uh, like I just don't. I, I just going to have to depend how it feels to play. Yeah, that's all. Is it going to still? And you're that, right. Like, Arcane's games don't always feel great to play. No, there's a slight. The shooting weird, always feels yeah. a little weird. And this is a shooter. Like, like, yeah, yeah. But like, just how often you know? Because Arcane's games haven't really relied on shooting that much. Maybe Prey mm-hmm. had more shooting yeah. than usual. But there's oh, even as much as I like, I did like Prey. But like, there's they have a thing where it's sort of like Arcane games and I never quite agree on where the sight is pointed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I, I think that was a headshot. I know you think it was three inches above their head, but yeah. I really don't think that's true. <laughs> um, you seem to be using the same aiming system as Uncharted 1. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious with this thing that seems to rely very heavily on the gunplay working properly. Uh, how am I going to feel about that? I don't know. Yep. Um, I can't say much more. I've pretty much gone through all the information that was in this direct, and that's all I can talk about. Um, but I would say this. Keep an eye on this game. They announced its release date. It's coming out on May 2nd. So not a ton of time to wait before it comes out. Um, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I will just say this. If you're a sifter and you use sifted, follow this game. Because, one, they, have, they don't release much media. Right now we have this trailer and that the chunk of gameplay. Yeah. And that's all we have on this game. That they've released publicly, which is crazy, but for whatever reason, I don't know why they're playing it this way. Because you're right, a lot of people were misled on what this game was because they just weren't sharing. I mean, so, they might be saving it for like big, major, like multimedia campaign closer to release. Yeah, maybe. Like, um, like you probably see ads for this on like basketball and, yeah. and football, not football because it won't be the right time of year, but like baseball. Does anyone spend money to advertise on baseball? <laughs> no, not that much. Ad rates are pretty low on MLB games because it's like 200,000 people watching each one. Yeah. Their TV ratings have really went in the toilet. Um, so anyway, again, that's Redfall launching May 2nd. Uh, the second big game that they showed off, finally, Forza Motorsport. Finally mm-hmm. got an update on their big racing sim and... Still wouldn't commit to a date. No, it... It's 2023. They, said, they swear it's 2023. Yeah, but, but we've been burned we've by that, that before, before, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> um, after waiting like two years to get an update on this game, they really didn't provide a whole lot of information. Like the only nuts and bolts they gave us was that there's a new track called Kyalami that's set in South Africa. There's going to be five new environments in the game, plus 15 fan favorites from prior games, but they've been completely rebuilt for Xbox Series. It'll feature more than 500 cars um, and 100 cars that are brand new to the franchise. And there are more than 800 unique upgrades available in the entire game. Damage and dirt buildup is also simulated as you play. Um, 
car gets dirtier and more banged up to reflect how you've been driving. And then the rest of it was just really focusing on the graphics. They use some crazy kind of paint technology to make paint look different depending on the lighting. Like, as they said, it has 10 times the detail of the last game. I'm not sure how you quantify that, but sure. Yeah, exactly. And then they give a laundry list of graphical features like a, a procedural cloud system, physically based lighting, volumetric fog, which has been a thing since like the N64, and dynamic time and weather. But other than that, like they, you know, they've said that volumetric fog is called out because uh, that's one of the things racing games cheat on. No, oh. because you generally don't need it. Like all you need to do is see fog out there, and if you're making it volumetric, you're like, why are you wasting processing power right. on this thing that you? But because when you get up close to fog, even in real life, you don't see fog anymore. No. you just sort of it's a, everything just looks a little misty. But they're going to yeah. make it so you know theoretically, so you could drive through it, and it'll be a thing you could drive through as opposed it'll to just blow an effect away, on the horizon. Maybe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Again, a lot of technological effort. I mean, I'm sure that's some, some kind of plug-in. You get, it's a parameter you set. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know... Game looks cl- gorgeous. Oh, it looks amazing. Like, the cloud <laughs> thing's amazing, but you're going to be like, oh, look at those clouds, and you're never going to look at it You're never going to look at them. <laughs> Who looks at the clouds while you're driving the, along? <laughs> like, nobody. I mean, it matters in the sense yeah. it's like your brain notices little things. You know, you, as the graphics get better and better, you'll start to see, like, weirder things will annoy you. I've noticed that playing, like, Cyberpunk with everything all turned way up is like... It really bugs me that that can isn't like exactly level yeah. with the the, the the table it's on. Kind of, uh-huh. thing. it's like little things will annoy your brain more yeah. than than things. And so it's like, the uncanny valley for that. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for, for like environments. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, like yeah. There's also there's nothing left to do in this game. Like I mean, it's you've just, kind it's of perf- genre in general. Yeah, you've basically perfected driving physics. Like GT figured that out back in GT three. Really, yeah. I mean. Driving, it's just about refinement, 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 and now it's about visual refinement to the point that, like, I mean, I'm a car person. I mean, that's pretty absurd. Look at that shot right there. Look at the reflections in the back of that Nissan. You wanted ray tracing. There's your fucking ray tracing. This, this, I mean, this footage is drenched in ray tracing. Yeah, this is, this is, here's, here's a next-gen only game. Yep. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) But, like, cool. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is exactly what I'm, what it's like, okay, this is very pretty. Kevin Rafa brings up you could improve car damage. Yeah. Um, but you don't... Here's the thing. You don't want the damage that. to affect how yeah, like, the car handles. Like, I don't. That's the thing everybody talks about. Like, oh, it could be dam- realistic damage that like causes like performance. But, but nobody wants that. I don't that. want that. What are you going to do if that happens during a race, during your career mode? You're yeah. going to restart the race, yeah. aren't you? It's like, annoying. It why? What's yeah. the point? It's literally, it would literally be a bullet point on these kinds of presentations, and it wouldn't matter for... You just you wouldn't restart the race even for so you just do the rewind feature. Eric Carmenez says more weather. Weather's good. Yeah, I, more weather's good. Tire, uh, weather racing is good. Um, I would like. I mean, maybe there is. I mean, I know that's not true, really. Of like, you know, they're kind of doing more of a professional racing circuit thing. I always found the Metropolis Street Racer, like Project Gotham style, like st- like city racing stuff, more interesting. I'd agree. Um, There's no reason why these cars can't drive through the city. They could absolutely, yeah. and they do. Like, there are city. Tra- you know, obviously, they're not. Ju- they're not all just official. To- like GTA gets too wrapped. Or GTA. Gran Turismo gets too wrapped up in like oh just like oh the circuit tracks, mm-hmm. but like circuit tracks are fine. But I yeah. want a little real world 
stuff here. I mean, I just don't understand. They don't have to be on all on tracks. No, a lot don't. of these feel like they always have to be at the official Nurburgring. Like it has to be yeah. at all these legendary tracks. That's fine, but like, it's okay it. to Suzu- drive those cars yeah. over other places. Suzuka's great, but like yeah. I don't need to race forty times on yeah, the same track. Exactly. Like, and I know that's yeah. real. Like that's what what you do if you're a professional driver. But it's like that's not interesting. Um, DLC, Matt. It's all coming as DLC, yeah. which it probably will. That's probably exactly what'll happen. But like this is also what you know. Like that's. Forza Horizon is more interesting to me because it's more arcadey, but also because mm-hmm. it is more v- variety and it's, it's more just more fun. Yeah, you're just out honest. there doing like you're kind of dealing with the road. You're doing, it's, it's not as controlled locations, like you know, it's not track racing in the same way. Um, the one thing I think uh, Forza Horizon falls short on is what I was just talking about, like the Project Gotham experience, where you have this kind of this, that was the cool thing about those games was like, what cities are they going to do? Like you get to also drive the to whole Kudo system cities. was an interesting way to play too. Yeah, I mean, that is basically the you know the level up system in Horizon. Yeah, like that that it's weird how like you know that's the the little things like the Kudo system in was it Metropolis, Metropolis Street, Street Racer, Racer was the first that yep. was the Dreamcast one. Yep, that system. You know, going back to innovation again, that system changed racing games. Yeah, forever. Yeah, like, why can't we find something else to do that? Because we really need some innovation in this genre. But like that's like that's how small it it, it can be. The changes can be to make a big difference. Absolutely. And that's the thing that keeps you hooked on Horizon for hours and mm-hmm. hours is that constant dopamine serotonin yeah. push of the button it's like i earned a thing i got a thing i got yeah, a thing yeah. wheel spin wheel spin got to do a thing yeah. like that all comes from the kudos on that that original game yep absolutely and it's it can be that small are you excited for this game at all matt i wouldn't say i'm missing it bob yeah either i'm not excited i mean i'm just gonna be a cool i mean i mean i did play grand turismo 7 more than i thought i would yeah put i mean put it this way I'm looking forward to seeing it on my computer and my TV. Yeah. But mainly because I know it's on Game Pass. Yeah. And if I knew I had to pay 70 bucks to do that, I would be much less excited. I mean, I could tell you probably right now that I would not recommend you spend $70. No. I've never even played it. I just I just know for me personally, it's like, it's co- I'm okay, it's okay to play these games. It's not yeah. something I thirst for. No, it would be more of a, yeah, I've seen it. I feel like I've done for, for some yeah. sport. I'm and unless they can introduce something here coming down the home stretch that really changes things, like yeah. that's just how it like is. What, if there's some, even it doesn't even have to be a change to actually the racing gameplay. It could just be something that like a like a way of presentation or a way of mm-hmm. hooking you into the career mode that makes me like care about what happens next. I'm not sure what that would be. I mean, this game but. is flipping gorgeous, though. Oh, I mean, watching the B-roll, I just kept catching new things like every time. Like there was one time where there was a fin on the back of a car, and I watched the sun dance mm-hmm. all. All the way across the fin as it went around, as turn. it vibrates from the road, yeah. and it's like, yeah, it's incredible. It's pretty but amazing. You know what? You don't need to do to see that. Play the game. Yeah, you're right. You can watch a trailer. You can watch Game Face, and you're good. It'll be interesting, though. It'll be uh, to see how this game does because it's mm. been a while since Motorsport Seven. One of the other things that I'm interested in is like, you know, I'm sh- I know Turn Ten isn't working on it, but I'm sure they're working hand in hand with Playground on a bunch of things anyway, just because the the franchises are related. Um, I'm looking at some of the human characters in this and thinking, like, is this any kind of foreshadowing of what we're going to see in Fable? No. Oh. How, how much? How much? <laughs> how much not. improvement have we gotten on the human? Because you remember the the people in the in the older Forza games are. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Well, Fable stylizes its humans. Oh as yeah, well, but I mean, so. you, people made fun of Gran Turismo for having the cardboard cutout audience members for so many years. But like, some of that was maybe preferable to some of the stuff we got in Forza in terms yeah, of 3D yeah. animation. It was uh, honestly. 
embarrassing at times. So, by the way, um, this is Forza 7. So mm-hmm. this is the game before this one. I just wanted to pull up some B-roll so we could get a comparison. Is this... So is this Xbox One? This is, yeah. That's the launch game Xbox. Yeah. I don't think I've ever played this. Oh, really? Because I didn't buy it when no. it came out. It still looks... Damn so good. good. Yeah, so looks all right. <laughs> Especially because it's so scalable. Like you put it on modern, you put it on a Series X, it looks even better. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like what we just saw, but it's it looks pretty damn looks good, pretty, dude. It's up there. I mean, it needs the ray tracing, but it still looks nice. I mean, are we? Are what we seeing is that a five hundred and fifty dollar upgrade? What we're seeing with the new game? No, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Like, depends what you care about. Yeah. You know? Like, if that's your thing, if you want just these ultra realistic car. You know, I mean, just look at this. I mean, it looks damn good. Like the the sun's dancing across the bodies on this yeah, too. And I know the that lighting's there. It's flatter. Yeah, it is it's flatter. definitely flatter. Yep. Um, and I mean, you can totally tell that those clouds are not procedurally generated. <laughs> you know, you I don't know. I don't know. I you can definitely a, tell it's a, a sky sky box. photo for all I know. I don't know. <laughs> I look at it three times in a race, and it's about if you're looking at the sky, you're not looking at the track, and you're going to lose. Yeah. It's, so it, as good as the new Forza looks, it's not that much advanced from what we had before. Yeah. It's. I mean, it is very much. It's Madden's shinier helmets mm-hmm. this year. Or rounder helmets. Yeah, it just it happens to come out every... <laughs> They're every round this time. I mean, you could def- you're right, though. I mean, this is flatter. And some of it has to do with the weather. This is like an overcast day. Yeah, it's day. an overcast day. But there, there is... I mean, it does make a difference. Yeah. It just I don't know if it makes... A, and it makes a difference in terms of what you want to download from Game Pass, I guess. Yeah. But, like, without that, I think I would struggle to be, you know particularly interested in just a much prettier racing game on all the, that's the other problem with the with the circuit stuff is i've raced these tracks like hundreds i know of i know times. them i like, now know them by art yeah like there's nothing to learn anymore <laughs> yeah, I it's, know. that's why they need to get out yeah. and find some new areas to race but anyway that's forza motorsport is coming this year but we do not have a hard release date for it yet um next up definitely the biggest surprise from the direct a game that none of us saw coming a game called Hi-Fi Rush from Tango Softworks, Shinji Mikami's development studio. It is a music and rhythm hack and slash mm-hmm. with a tasteful adaptation of anime, Matt. Yeah. Go figure. There is, uh, if anyone, you know, where we criticize the square stuff and the anime grunting and like the, the weird yeah. dialogue editing and all, all the stuff that Square does all the time and the Final Fantasy VII remake and all that stuff. This is how you do it. Yeah. This is how you do anime style and sensibility stuff and adapt it to a modern presentation, a global worldwide friendly presentation. This is it. This yep. this like everything in this, all the humor, all the the visual style all is rooted in anime and slapstick anime like comedy stuff, but none of it feels weird or cringe. It's all it's all taking into me taking into account media lessons of the last 25 years and it all works yeah. and it's astounding <laughs> it is a it is a I mean, i'm i'm not too far into this game i'm because it shadow dropped yeah that, 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 it's, it's available just, now boom, on game, game pass, pass for free or yep. 40 bucks if you don't but yep. there it is yeah um i will say this uh, i've only played three levels of this i'm, I'm like because it is level based mm-hmm. like you go through a level you go back to your home base and you go, you, you can level up and and upgrade the character and then go go out to the next level. Um, I have no complaints about this game. Yeah, it's really hard to find Period. any problems like, with it. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like th- there was someone on t- one of the reviewers on Twitter or somebody was on Twitter who said um, well, it was a reviewer, I can't remember who it was, but there was like 
they're like, I'm trying to review this and I'm kind of struggling because is this game perfect? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? It kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> like, for what it wants to be and what it's trying to do. It's hard to imagine a better. I can't imagine doing it better. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, it's remarkable. The only thing I can maybe think of is I would have maybe liked some kind of sync test for the, the latency of yeah, the Yeah, for the controller. Yeah. Because um, you, you have to kind of, I mean, you can't really change the game to fit with that because you can't change all the animation in the game to lag behind the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. But it would have been nice to have a test thing that kind of told me how bad my lag was so I could so, so I could know where I need to kind of adjust when I press yep. the button. But also, they're very forgiving about that. Like, you can... You can you can just hammer the button. It is still and it still count. Like yeah. like you don't lose your combo just because you press the button between the. Beats. Well, sometimes I push the button at sixteenth time, even though it yeah. only needs me to go eighth time or a quarter time. And yeah. it, a quarter it time, and it still catches it. Yeah. yeah. So it's not it's not like a rhythm game where if you like a guitar hero or something where if you if you press the button on those between time notes you'd lose the combo. Right. No, you you can if you want to just hammer the button. You can do it. You, yep. You'll get the combo. Yeah. Um, and that's how the game works. Like you literally slash and hack mm -hmm. in time to the beat every single animation in the entire game is to the beat of the music yeah even in this cutscene. yeah even it's the, insane even the editing <laughs> even the, the camera moves even his arm movement there yeah it, everything is to the beat and if you hit the button to the beat you will get bonus damage and bonus combo hits if you do not you will still do a combo and do damage like, yeah like it's not punishing you for not getting the rhythm right, it is rewarding you for getting the rhythm right, and the baseline game still works even if you have no rhythm. This feels it's, like a it's game. It's remarkable. It really is. This feels like a game that was uh, kicking around at Tango for a long time, and Bethesda was saying, nope, there's no way we're going to publish that yeah, game. This is, this is a, de I mean, look, this is a dead end game in terms of like mass appeal. You're yeah. never going to, but it should, but it won't. Yeah. But maybe it will now that they did this with it. It's, it's, it's basically free. Basically free, and. But Microsoft was like, oh, Bethesda, you wouldn't publish that, but we will. It's like, we want content. We need anything we can get for Game Pass. We put that tapestry game out. We're absolutely putting yeah, this out. Come on. Exactly. Um, it and as it hurt. turns out, this game is, like, amazing. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt that it, it brings back um, some very nice Jet Set memory. It does. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. This. I mean, this is the most pleasant surprise that we've had in the games industry for quite a while. Yeah, we don't have a lot of those anymore. We barely even knew it existed. <laughs> And then it comes out, and it's available as soon as the direct happens. Yeah, that moment, and through, yeah, like just very nice. Yeah, very well, well played all around, top to bottom. Like no notes. Again, this was a great direct. Like in general, yeah. for their first one, I mean, they had to come out strong, and they did. They showed games that are coming out soon. They showed a game that's coming out now that turned out to be amazing. Um, I, I still can't believe that this was made by the same people who make games like Ghostwire Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This will like, probably be more successful than Ghostwire Tokyo. I mean, critically, it already is. Already, yeah, but I'm saying even sales-wise. Maybe. I, don't, I really don't know how this would sell. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm very curious what the sales will be on this. Is because, it available? It's available on PC, right? It's on, to, yeah, it's on Steam, and, and at least on Steam. Yeah. Um, it's on so, Steam and Game Pass on PC Yeah, as well. so some people can buy it. So if, if you want, want to pay 30 bucks for it, you can. You can. But again, we just recommend you subscribe to Game Pass for 15 bucks for the month, and Play it and 50 other games for $15. Mm -hmm. um, that's the beauty of Game Pass is micro, Microsoft's loss. You should take advantage of it. Um, but this is uh, a pleasant surprise, to yeah. say the least, Com in so many ways. One, how good it is. Two, how different the concept is and how well executed a new concept is. And three, who it's coming from. 
If you showed me this game, Tango would have been one of the last developers mm-hmm. I would have guessed made this game. So, really, really cool stuff. Hi, again, Hi-Fi Rush. And if you're a Game Pass subscriber, it is available right now for free. Pretty amazing. Um, and then the rest of the direct, just, not bad guys who made Evil Within. Yeah, I mean it's insane. Like, what? <laughs> Why did you waste your time with that shit when you could have been doing this already? It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, Eve Demon says it's also made by a lot of the people who made Beautiful Joe. This is like mm, an all star. Yeah. yeah, this is cast like a super group. Of, yeah, this is like this is like we are the world for this video is, this games. Is, yeah, this is like the like the all the people that made the stuff you like the most in the the PS2 era of Capcom. Here they are. They're still working. They're yeah. still doing stuff. And this, this, is, like, this this does kind of feel like if if this does feel almost PS2 era. A little beautiful. Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> but it's also like so many uh, games from both from Capcom and from a lot of like kind of uh, Japanese studios and especially with the hack and slash stuff that um that they always it's like okay we're gonna do a hack and slash game but with this twist right gonna do but usually that twist is just. Something fucking stupid, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> like, but the twist on this is not just not annoying, it's cool. And even if you do find it annoying, you don't have to do it. You don't. Yeah. You, you just play, a, play really, it. You just play a really colorful, kinetic like game with great music. With an interesting plot full yeah. of crazy characters. And cool characters. Like, yeah. It's been interesting to see. I mean, we obviously don't agree with the idea that the Forspoken banter is bad. Yeah. But... This game is a masterclass in how to do goofy banter. Yeah, without and, being offensive. And make it feel all kind of click. Yeah. Yeah, they did a really good job. It's an anomaly. Then, yeah. I mean, this character could have been an idiot. The character is an idiot, but he, he yeah. could have been really unlikable. He could have been a problem right. and abrasive, yeah. and he's not. Yeah, but, I actually, I don't I don't mind the character no, at all. No, not at all. Yeah. Even when, like, he meets the, the Peppermint, the girl who is, like, your, kind of your handler, yeah. uh, the tech girl, they both accuse each other of being, like, media cliches. Right. Because she's like a loner <laughs> right. hacker who doesn't need the world, yeah. and he's like a two-time loser who finally gets a chance to prove himself. Where did this game come from? I don't know. Some Somebody wasn't paying attention and gave somebody a workstation, and it, then it was too late. Sneaky's asking what the genre of music is. It's like rock. Yeah, general rock. Like, it starts um, out, I thought it was going to have licensed music at first, because it starts out with a song from the Black Keys. Yeah, the Black Keys. Lonely and, Boy, or and, whatever it's uh, called. Uh, Nine Inch Nails shows up later for a boss fight. And yeah. Stuff. Like, it's, it has a mix of licensed tracks for big moments and new, uh, original music for kind of the general levels. Yeah, and the original music is just generic rock music. It's, yeah, it, that's what it remind. It does remind me a little bit of, like, what you'd hear in, like, something like Jet Set Radio. Mm-hmm. Although Jet Set Radio had more verve to the... The, the music choices a little more electronic too some more electronic more lyrics but yep. uh it's 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 catchy it's all very catchy yeah, i thought the music was good not the original stuff for the game isn't outstanding but it's good like you don't notice it you're not like oh god this song no. is so terrible like and it does as, as matt sent mentioned there is some licensed stuff sprinkled in throughout the game so you just you still get some of that stuff so um again it's basically free as long as you subscribe to Game Pass. I don't know why anyone wouldn't be doing it at this point unless they don't own a PC or an Xbox. That's the only excuse you have to not spend $15 a month on Game Pass. It's just a no-brainer. Uh, the rest of the Direct, not as compelling. Yeah. Minecraft Legends, they announced the release date for that. It's coming on April 18th. Um I was kind of surprised that it has a story-driven campaign. I kind of thought it might be one of those mission-by-mission mission things where there's just like mm-hmm. a little bit of a like a, a text bubble that pops up. What is, explains- the, is this an established character? What is the, is that his nose? Like, what am I yeah. looking at there? Yeah, it's supposed to be his nose. 
You know, I'm about as well versed in Minecraft as you are, Matt. Yeah. So don't ask me too many more questions. <laughs> I won't have any answers for you. Um, but I'm it is so a... confused by some of the Minecraft. Like, when I was looking up, like, you know, PC games that show uh, ray tracing really good mm-hmm. to see the guy. And, like, the number one on a bunch of lists is Minecraft with the with ray tracing turned on. I'm like, okay. No. <laughs> um, I mean, the art style, I could see where it might be kind of cool but yeah i just i don't know yeah i agree with you there um they did introduce there's a pvp mode coming to this which was kind of the big announcement for the direct um where you build a base and then lay siege to the opposing team's forces um it's coming to game pass of course pc game pass windows and then xbox it's also coming to playstation 5 and 4 and nintendo switch so this is one game that Ninten- that uh, Microsoft is not keeping to itself. Yeah, so. Microsoft does that. I don't know why everybody's so worried about uh, other stuff about Call of Duty and all this. It's like micro- if there's more money in it, leaving it on the other platforms, Microsoft will absolutely leave It'll it on the it. other platforms. Yeah, I mean it's proven it over and over again already. I mean I don't don't know what more uh, proof anybody needs. And then the last thing that they showed was the Elder Scrolls Online Necrom, which is a new expansion that's launching in June. And that was pretty much the first ever direct from Xbox and Bethesda. And imagine, Matt, once they get Activision in there, mm-hmm. these directs are going to be insane. I mean, it's basically like a little mini E3, like every time they publish yeah. one of these, because they have that many developers now. It's crazy. Yeah, they um, just need to start getting them out. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's going to be start happening pretty soon. Redfall, obviously, yeah. is one of the first. So no, I think this, like I've said, this year is going to be where you finally start to see all those developer purchases pay off from Microsoft or start to pay off. Yep. What letter grade would you give the direct? I'd give it like a B. Yeah, I'll give it a B plus. Um, they showed two games we were waiting for information on, blew two of them out pretty hardcore, gave us mm-hmm. a third game that we didn't think we cared about until we played it because they shadow dropped it. Like, that's a pretty damn good direct, no matter who's doing it. Yeah. And then a couple smaller things to kind of finish it off. So, yeah, I'll give it a B plus. I thought it was pretty good. Still want to leave some room for improvement because there is going to be improvement as some of these big studios. I mean, they're probably going to do a whole direct just for Starfield. Be my guess. I would be shocked if they didn't. So, big stuff At the very least, like a big Starfield blowout and then like a couple of smaller things coming in the summer or Mm -hmm. something. Yep. The timing of this is interesting, too. This direct launches and then like the next day, day or two later, we find out that everyone's bailing on E3. Mm Mm-hmm. So... A little bit of harbinger of things it. that come there. Don't need it. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That like when you is... can re- reach ev- the same number of people with that direct just yeah. on a random day in January. Yeah. Why? Why not? Yeah. Why would you do it? Why would you spend the money? Okay. Let's move on. We're going to talk next. The final 2023 preview is at hand. I mentioned last week that we might do indies and we are going to do indies. Now, there are literally hundreds of indie games coming out this year and i cut it down to like nine and we're not gonna spend that much time on each one because they are indie games and intrinsically i know some people will argue with me about this there is just built-in lower interest for indie games that's just all there is to it lower third oh do i have it wrong oh because i jumped out of order yeah okay well i wasn't sure if you were skipping it or if we were well no i have another topic that we are going to skip we're going to come back to the next one after this we'll just continue on with the indie stuff um, so anyway, this is our final 2023 preview. It is indie games, and I have looked at dozens and dozens of indie games over the last four days, and I cut it down to like eight or nine that I really want to focus on. Uh, the first one we're going to look at is a game called Season, A Letter to the Future. Matt, have you seen this before? 
No. Um, it, uh, it features a story of a young person leaving home for the first time before a cataclysm washes everything away. It's kind of a road trip game, but instead of in a car, it's on a bike. Hmm. Um, and then a lot of the game mechanics in this game are documenting the road trip using uh, photos, videos, and things like that. Um, like I was talking earlier about, you know, the lack of innovation in our industry anymore. So when I looked at these indie games, I tried to find stuff that really looked different to me. And this, of all the indie games coming out this year, really looked to be something that was breaking the mold and not doing yeah, something really, everything you're, else was. If you're, you're, sh- a, you're shaking up the walking simulator by giving him a bike. And a scrapbook. Scrapbook and a <laughs> Pokemon Snap for a ruined world. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I, I, this is an interesting game. It's coming to PS4. PS5 and PC, and the crazy part is it's out today. Hmm. It literally came out today. Um, I'm not sure how much it's retailing for. I probably should have checked that, but I didn't. Um, but it is available starting today. And and again, as someone who looked through a lot of indie games coming out this year, it is one of the more unique and the more interesting. Uh, next up, a game that we've talked about at least once before, a game called Sons of the Forest. It is... I've heard of this. It's a, I can't remember what it is, though. <laughs> It's a sequel to the game called The Forest. Oh, okay. Which is, it's basically a first-person survival shooter, except this one mixes in horror. Um, the first game, The Forest, did okay with critics. People praised it for its world-building and creating a convincing world, um, but they docked it for the actual gameplay, as far as like the shooting is concerned. This is, as I said, the follow-up. Um, your objective is you must survive a supernatural forest after a helicopter crash, um, the Forest is from 2014, so they've had a lot of time to really work on this game, so I would assume that um, it should be better than the last one. And again, The Forest reviewed pretty well um, in general, so this is definitely one to keep an eye on. As we mentioned in last week's show, these open-world survival shooters have become like a, it's their own cottage industry in PC gaming. They've become really big, so it'll be interesting to see how this one does, because it does have a lot of competition um, but this one also is a survival shooter with a little bit more of a modern edge to it. It's not like dinosaurs. You're not sent off into some weird far-flung fantasy world or whatever. Um, it is fantasy, or at least sci-fi, because there are crazy... Those demons and stuff. Yeah, there's stuff going fantasy. on in the woods, for sure, that, that are hard to explain if you check out the B-roll right there. Um, so there's some mystery involved in the game as well, and as I said, I'm not a big fan of that genre, but that one at least looks a lot more interesting to me. Uh, next up, a game called Spiritfall. This is a 2D roguelite. And the combat, as you can probably tell already, is inspired by platform fighters like Smash Brothers. Uh, their tagline is Slash, Smash, Launch, and Wall Splat, a multitude of enemies using the ever-changing arsenal of divine powers. So if you're a big Smash Brothers fan, you're burnout on the latest release, and I wouldn't blame you at this point, You've been playing it for quite a while. This is a single-player game that utilizes a lot of the same muscle memory and mechanics and ideas behind games like Smash Brothers. So if you're a fan of that subgenre of fighting games, but you'd like more of a single-player twist, because let's be honest, Smash Brothers still has not really created a compelling single-player campaign after all this time. I know some people may argue with me on that, but... Yeah, but the... The first one I did was okay. Yeah. The, I can't remember. Was that GameCube? Yep. <laughs> the subspace emissary? Yeah. That was the first one that had a real like single-player yeah. campaign. And it was okay. It was but... the source of, for a long time, the uh, longest fanfic, longest work of English literature ever written. Really? So There was a... 
It was a Smash Brothers fan fiction is the longest work of written work in English. It was, wow. something, it was something like <laughs> it was something like six volumes. Or something. It was ridiculous. It was like ten times longer than War and Peace. Uh, Rock and Roll four five eight says uh, that was Subspace Emissary was in Brawl okay. for the Wii. Yep. Um, it's hard. Honestly, it's hard to keep track of the Smash Brothers games and what was in each one. I at least I struggle with that. Um, so anyway, the only it, thing I remember about Brawl is the one where you can trip. Mm. And that was a terrible idea. Oh, yeah. That didn't last either. No. They got rid of that. Everybody hated it. (laughs) Everybody hated it. Yep. Uh, Next up, a game that I think both Matt and I are really excited for. It's a game called Bomb Rush Cyber Funk. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, It's coming for Switch and PC. and It's coming in the summer. Um, By the way, I should have mentioned Spirit Fall is coming in March. And it's for PC and Mac. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bomb Rush Cyber Funk is kind of a Jet Set Radio tribute. For sure. Uh, it was supposed to come out last year, but it ended up being delayed, and now it's uh, scheduled for summer, as I said. I did appreciate Phil Spencer noting that they tried to get Jet Set Radio Future working on the backwards compatibility and could not get it. Yeah. Although he wasn't specific whether it was a tech thing or a mu- music licensing thing. Yep. But uh, at least they tried. But if you're a fan of those Dreamcast, those classic Dreamcast games, this is about as close as you're going to get to a sequel yeah. in one, one 2023. Dreamcast, one Dreamcast game. The other yeah. one was Xbox. You're right. I forgot about that. It was. You're right. It was just the first one was on Dreamcast. Um, so yeah, as you can see, it does mix up the disciplines. Jet Set was just all inline skating, but this has BMX biking. It has skateboarding, also inline skating, and like Jet Set Radio, it also has an awesome soundtrack. It's and the Riders uh, Republic of Jet Set Radio. Yeah. You're right. That's a good way to put it. That was an underappreciated game, actually, Riders Republic. That one goes on sale for like 20 bucks periodically. I keep thinking about getting it just because you raved about it's it It's so really much. good, yep. If you're into extreme sports games at all, it's definitely the one to get. Um, and then the best part about it is, is the music in this game is composed by Hideki Naka, Naganuma. I think that's yeah. how you say his name. Naganuma? The Jet Set Radio guy. Yeah, he's the Jet Set Radio guy. Used to head um, Wavemaster. Right. Yeah, which is that little subset inside The subset in Sega, Sega that did all the music. Yep, yep. They were exceptional. Like, that was that was another... Much like the, the did Capcom Did they do Space team. Channel 5 as well? They did. Yeah. They, they, they were like... That was much like the Capcom teams at the time. It was like... That was one of those, like, one moment in time, like, it's never going to get any better than this. You have a magical group of people all in the same place doing the same thing yeah. moment with Wavemaster. That was unbelievable work. Like, every time. Every time it was it was incredible. Yep. But again, this is coming to Switch and PC. My guess is eventually that comes to more platforms. I would think so, yeah. Regardless of how well it sells, I think it'll eventually come to other platforms. But again, that's Bomb Rush Cyber Funk, and it's coming this summer to Switch and PC. Next up. A game called Sea of Stars. This is coming to Mac, Switch, PlayStation 4 and 5, and PC. It's coming in the middle of the year. It is a prequel to The Messenger. Do you remember that Mm -hmm. game, Matt? Yeah. Um, It's set in the same location, but it's thousands of years earlier. So it's kind of like a mega prequel, ultra prequel. I backed this on Kickstarter. Oh, you did? It turned out. It was finally coming out. I forgot about that, (laughs) but I did do that. It's kind of like a Chrono Trigger style JRPG. Definitely definitely inspired by Chrono Trigger, Secret of Evermore kind of thing. With the objective of trying to take the tedium out of those games, which a lot of people have complained about in the past. Admirable goal. Yep. It centers around two heroes named Valerie and Zale who use the power of the sun and moon to fight against an alchemist. Um, it's an equal mix of puzzle solving and turn-based combat. Again, it's a JRPG, so no surprise there. And you can players can control up to six characters. As I said, it's inspired by other games like uh, Breath of Fire is very similar, yeah. um, and Chrono Trigger. 
It also features sailing mechanics, tons of side quests, and the combat is focused around kind of elemental weaknesses of enemies. So if you're looking for a good JRPG to play on the cheap, again, that is coming out in mid-2023 for pretty much everything but Xbox, which hardly ever happens anymore. It's kind of yeah. weird. But for whatever reason, with especially with Game Pass, like every indie now is like, oh yeah, Xbox, Xbox we're definitely making an Xbox version mm -hmm. of hopes of yeah, getting game on Game Pass yeah. to get rich basically from Game Pass. Uh, next up, a game called Gestalt. Steam and Cinder. So, surprise, surprise, it's a steampunk, steampunk game. Mm. Never would have guessed that. This one's coming to Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. It's scheduled for 2023. No hard date for it yet. I realized when I was doing a, a preview for indie games for 2023 that I needed to find one 2D hack and slash. Find the best one that I could find out of all of them and use that one in this segment. And this is the game that I found that I thought looked to be the best in that genre. Um, again, steampunk, set, steampunk setting is set in the city of Canaan. Uh, the 2D platforming and the combat are just as important as this twist-laden narrative. Again, this is coming straight from the developers. Uh, you set out to uncover dangerous truths. It said it's inspired by 16 and 32-bit classics. Surprise, surprise. And it fuses tight 2D platforming and exhilarating combat with an engrossing, twist-laden narrative in a stunningly handcrafted steampunk world. Join Lithia and a vibrant cast of characters as they race to discover the secrets of the steam city of Canaan. Canaan? Canaan. C-A-N-A-A-N. That's Canaan. Is it? Yeah. That's so like the there's a city. town. It's like the ancient city, Canaan. Oh, there's a town in Pennsylvania that's spelled exactly the same way, and it's pronounced Canaan. Yeah, well, you can't go by East Coast pronunciation. <laughs> shit. I mean, you've, been to, you've been to Massachusetts. None of that shit makes any sense. <laughs> yep. Wooster, um, give me a break. <laughs> uh, you Why are the letters even there? <laughs> Clobber the armies of the clockwork golems and hunt horrors that slither through the depths once forgotten. Thwart the twisted schemes of... Canaan? Is that what you said? Canaan. 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 It's like corrupt, a biblical city. Corrupt over... Oh, okay. Corrupt overseers and nefarious commissium. So anyway, it sounds like another one of those games that has a lot more story that then when you play it, you're like, wait, what happened to that story? It's just a bunch of text bubbles on screen. But as far as the combat, the art style, things like that, I thought it really stood out compared to all the other... And there are plenty mm -hmm. of other 2D hack and slashes. Oh, it looks really good. Like th this and... I can't remember the name. What's the one? I think we... It was, it was, I think it's Microsoft. It's like the... Like the Blade Runner-y looking one. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're really, talking about. The hand-to-hand the -hand combat. Not, yeah. not sword, hack, and slash, but it, ah. you know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes. That that yeah, we just talked about it on that preview. But like, that one and this one are the best, like the ones that really like make Stand me out. look like, like, ooh, that looks cool. Mm -hmm. And what I'm not a steam... that game again? Replaced. Swan replaced, got it. that's yep, right. That's it. I'm, I'm not a steampunk person usually, but like yeah. that does look pretty good. Yep, absolutely. Uh, next up, a game called Hollow Body. It's a survival horror game from developer Headwear Games. It's inspired by early 2000s horror. I'm not exactly sure what that means, Matt. Are you? What, like a big fan of Blue Stinger? <laughs> right. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I, don't I don't know what that means. I mean, technically, I guess Resident Evil 4 is early 2000s, sort of? <laughs> I guess. That's 2005. That's mid-2000s. Yeah. I don't know what he's talking about I don't there. either. Silent um, Hill? <laughs> maybe. Silent Hill was the dominant. Yeah. That Silent Hill 2 was... was so yeah, that's 2001. Yeah. That's, that's early 2000s. Maybe that's what he's talking about. I mean, it does look a little bit, I guess. Kinda. Yeah. 
I don't know. Maybe don't pigeonhole yourself quite that much, <laughs> I would say. That would be my main advice there. Yeah, uh, You play as a character named Mika, and this is for PC only right now, uh, who lives in a futuristic world racked by decay where you're an unlicensed shipper working for an infamous ring of black market freelancers. So it's a little it's funny bit... funny how the rise of Amazon has led to sort of the subgenre <laughs> yeah. of like... Package like delivery. Package delivery person is sort of the main <laughs> hero of these weird worlds. Like, yep. like, I know some of that comes from Snow Crash, but, like, yep. still. Uh, you get stranded in the exclusion zone with limited resources, and you've got to get out of the sealed-off, horrifying world. Um, I guess Silent Hill does really look like what they're taking from here. Yeah. Hitting things with a stick, walking slowly through a town. You know. yeah. So maybe it does make sense, ultimately. Um, but, again, that is called Hollow Body. Silent Hill. Yeah, exactly. Well, they don't want to. They're afraid they'll get sued by Konami, and maybe they have a they have a legitimate yeah, <laughs> concern there because it is Konami. Well, Konami never of all the ways Konami tried to milk Silent Hill, they never tried to make a cyberpunk version. Yeah, so. yep. Uh, again, this is only for PC as of right now, and it's coming in 2023. And then the last game that we want to share with you today for our 2023 indie preview is a game called Terra Nil. This is a game from Devolver, which I'll just be honest with you, pretty much every game from Devolver, I pay, I pay attention to. I check it out. Hmm. I generally look through their entire roster because it's just, they're kind of, to me, they're kind of like the rock star of indie game publishers. They always seem to find like the more interesting concepts. And this is kind of out of character for them. This is a an eco-focused game where the objective is to save the world, basically. Plant Plants, reroute water, irrigate all that kind of stuff to turn the world green again and i don't generally like heavy-handed eco stuff um, but this seems unique to me and again because devolver has a hand mm -hmm. in it usually their games have some kind of a little yeah. hidden twist it seems kind of satisfying yep just watching this stuff yeah. transform yeah <laughs> it's kind of like power wash simulator isn't it a little bit but in how the, weird in is it have you seen <laughs> some of the dlc that thing's done? no they've got tomb raider and final fantasy 7 dlc now <laughs> you, you wash lara's mansion and cloud's motorcycle like what a weird wow tale. who would have ever guessed yeah. that that game would do what it's done but again that shows the power of game pass a little bit yeah yeah that's true um again this is called terra nil and it's only for pc right now and it's coming out in 2023 and that's it for our little miniature indie game preview i again i realize a lot of you guys don't care that much about indie games yeah, it's all these iuden uh, chronicles might make it this year i almost know. included it um but i've struggled to call it indie but then i was like but it was crowdfunded well, so crowdfunded, by default yeah. it would be indie oh yeah um, no but we've talked about that game so much, I wanted to really focus on stuff we haven't touched also, on. Also, like, I don't mean, I'm, I'm a backer on that one, too, but is that going to come out this year? Yeah. They say mid-20, yeah. but I, I don't know. I really don't know. And we talked about other indie games in our previews, Hollow Knight, Silk Song, and things like that, but I just really wanted to uh, focus on some of the stuff that we haven't focused on in Game Face prior. So there you go. That's your look at some of the bigger, cooler games coming to the indie scene in 2023. Next up, we're going to talk about some place that Matt went. So you guys, if you're on YouTube, you've undoubtedly, you, if you're into games and you're on YouTube, this has undoubtedly been shoved into your feed over the last two weeks. Everybody has been going to check out Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios here in LA. It's unusual because it's not even open yet. Yeah, it doesn't, it actually opens on February 17th and I'm not going to be there on launch day. No, it's because it, the reservations filled up in three seconds. I've already seen footage of this just from these preview days and it's too crowded. Like, yeah. it's crazy how many people have already gone to this thing. 
Um, which makes me think that maybe by mid-March I might be able to go and check it out without too much hassle. Maybe. I mean, certainly by May or so. Yep. I, I don't think it's going to... They're going to do the reservation system for a while, but I don't think it's going to last because there's not actually that much to do. But Matt already went and checked it out. Mm-hmm. What did you think of it, Matt? It's cool. Um, it's not. There's not much to it. It's about the size of... Um, what you call it? Uh, it's about the size of Toontown in Disneyland. Really? Um, yeah, it's not that big. Um, but you do go into it, and it makes a very good first impression. Um, like you walk through when you get the, it's if you've ever been to Universal Studios Hollywood, you basically walk towards the Transformers ride, and instead of going on the Transformers ride, you take a left, and there's a big pipe, like a horizontal pipe, and uh, with a tunnel, and it says Super Mario World. Super Mario Nintendo Nintendo Super Nintendo World, which is a misnomer because there's nothing in it but Mario stuff. Is and it really? Is it called Super Nintendo World? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Super Mario World. Uh, no, it's Super Nintendo World or Super Nintendo Land. Okay. Like, well, I mean, it? they're smart because that opens it up to everything. Yeah. Of just I don't know how you Kingdom. rebrand any of this though, because it's all Mario. Yeah. Like, it's pure Mario. Yeah. And you go through the pipe and you come out into the interior of Peach's Castle, and you walk through there and you come out into. Super Mario World. Yeah. Like, there's no other way to describe it. Like, you're in a fully contained sort of loop, like, like circular area, and every... It's divided up into about, seven, I'd say, seven or eight panels, and each panel is a different kind of environment of a Mario world. And, like, there's a... <coughs> there's the, the stacked, like, hect, you know, rectangular, like, ground blocks of, like, Mario World. And there's... Uh, the desert with the wiggly cactus guys, and there's the there's Yoshi running around a tree, and there's all like it's just everything you can think of Mario related is there. Looking around Bowser's castle, all this, and there is coins everywhere, and they all spin, and everything's moving, and everything it's it's remarkable. Don't you get like a wristband when you go in? Um, you will. We didn't. Oh, okay. Um, but I was there for an employee preview thing. Gotcha. But um, yeah, there will be a wristband that kind of has an electronic thing because there's not when I say there's not much to do. There's three things to do in the land, really. There's the ride, which is Mario Kart. There are there's a, a cafe, like a little cafe with Mario themed food, which we didn't get to try because they only have sit down uh, service there, and you can't get anything to go. Like, and that filled up instantly in the morning. So, like, basically, if you weren't one of the people that got reservations for the rest of the day, you didn't get to eat in the cafe in the that in sucks, cafe, man. which is like. What, what world are you in that you don't give a takeaway <laughs> option for that? Because that is obviously going to fill up. It, it's a table. Yeah, what the hell? That's, That's weird. Absolutely dude. ridiculous. Um, oh, Vincent says you can buy the wristband. That didn't, I didn't see the wristband on sale, or I might not have been paying attention. I don't know. I saw that like um, the wristbands. Like once you get one, there's all these things there that you can yeah, interact a, with. Yeah, right? That's the third thing. Is there's little mini games everywhere, and so you go like little touch screens, and so you go in and like you have your wristband, and you do the little thing, and you complete it, and you, if you complete it, you get a key, and I think if you get three keys, you get to do a boss game. Oh. of some kind. Now they said that I think the bands also work as amiibo. Uh, maybe. I think you could take them back and, like, put them on the the reader on your Switch, and it actually... I would not surprise me if there was some kind of connection there, yeah. But you said there's only one ride? Yeah, there's just Mario Kart. Um, There may be a second, I think, a Yoshi ride they were talking about putting in later, but right now it's just Mario Kart. Wow. Um, And I will say this. um, The line... So the line was about 90 minutes, maybe less than that. To ride the Mario Kart That's where we we just beelined there and, and did that. 
the line is amazing. Like you go, you you wind through the bottom and go up all these stairs and down these stairs and back up, and then you go up through the top thing, which gives you all these great vistas of the park, and then you can go. You go into Bowser's mouth, into his castle, and like see all his stuff. And there's a big statue of him. And you go through his laboratory where he's designing the carts and stuff. Uh-huh. And there's like holographic booze that fly around, and like and like the little like fire. The fire pit is like all the little fire ball things. Uh-huh. It's rem- it's really good. Like if you can think of it, Mario, related, it is in here. Wow. It is there. Like all the different environments, and they all they're playing like. Really, they're playing like really cool remixes of the of the game themes, like from like Bowser's Castle theme, the the, the Super Mario World airship theme, um, or the um, or the like the underground theme. You go through a section; it's all underground with like crystals and mushrooms everywhere. Yeah, um, it's very cool. Like if you're a fan of Mario, you're gonna recognize tons of stuff. And now you're standing in the middle of it, and it's the theming quality on this is on a level that Universal normally does not do. Wow. Like, How clearly, long did it take to get through the line? It took about, I'd say about 15 minutes. It said 90 minutes, but I think it was more like an hour. Okay, so and you get through it pretty quick then. It wasn't that bad for an opening day thing. It mm-hmm. wasn't opening day. It was employee preview day, but it was mm-hmm. still not nothing. Um, it will be less entertaining after you've already seen the line a couple times. Right, right. Um, and then you, the, the Mario Kart thing, it's fascinating. This was actually also fascinating because I didn't really know anything about the Mario Kart ride. Normally when I go into these theme park rides, I know everything about the ride before I do it. I'm pretty aware of what it is. All I knew is you probably sat on a Mario Kart, and hmm. that was it. Um, and you go in, and basically the premise is that Bowser is uh, holding a, Mar- a, a kart race showdown, um, just like always. And it's Team Mario versus Team Bowser. And uh, so you're Team Mario, like the 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 ride, you know, the, the the guests, the people are who team ride Mario. it are Team yeah. Mario. And so what happens is, you, as you go in closer, you get you get you end up in these little like it's like a TV master control room, and they, that's where you get a briefing on sort of everything. And all the briefing stuff is done without language, without like any. Uh, they're just showing you visually how you're supposed to. And I still wasn't quite sure because they're showing you like steer with the, with the steering wheel and there's buttons and you can shoot shells with that I'm like okay but are we steer it's a, it's a track it's a roller coaster right so um i wasn't quite sure what they were cr- and there's four people to a to a car mm-hmm. so you get it and so we go wind through and they give you these headband things and these you so you put this headband thing with a little mario cap sort of thing on it and you're like okay i guess we got headbands on for motion tracking or something yeah. and then when you get what it turns out when you get in the vehicle there are uh, visors with big shields on them that you plug in, like you magnetically. Almost like a COVID shield. That no, it, old look, people I mean, wear. it looks like a col- <laughs> it looks like a COVID shield. Yeah, yeah. but it's an AR screen. Oh wow! So you plug it into the top of your your visor thing, and so now what it is is when you um, so the the, the you can shoot shells. And it shoots them where you're looking. Oh. So when you so the so the ride is you're on, you're on a track and it's sort of like. Um, like Astro Blasters or um, like the Spider-Man ride in the sense that like it's a shooting gallery. Mm-hmm. And so it, you go along on a track in a... So you're not really racing and steering no. or... You, are, you can steer. Like it, does, it pops up little arrows in the AR thing and everybody in the car has to turn that direction. Oh, okay. And if you don't, if you get hit by things, the, 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 the it'll spin, you know, like it does if you get hit by a shell in like the game. Like in Mario Kart. Yeah. yeah. And so where you're, the environment and where you are is... Um, is physical, but all the racers are AR. Okay. So all the characters that are coming on are AR, and the and then the power up boxes and everything are AR. So the the gimmick is everybody's got their individual score for coins. You get coins for picking up coins on the track when you're steering. You get coins for hitting enemies with the shells. 
you pick up shells when you pick up the boxes, just like in the game, mm-hmm. and you shoot when you aim. So the trick is if you if you shoot um, bad guys, Team Bowser, you get coins. If you shoot Team Mario people, you lose coins. Oh, okay. The general so plus minus. Yeah. Thing. The general rule of thumb is if you get more than a hundred coins, you did okay. Okay. I got two twenty nine. Damn. Um, <laughs> they're like they're gonna bring you in the, for the testing. Max, the max score <laughs> for the day at that point was like three forty. Oh jeez. Wow. Um, so you go through the you go through a bunch of things that are basically covering every major environment of the Mario Kart games. Um, it's a little slow. Yeah. Like it's not very. It's clearly for younger kids in yeah. a lot of ways. I was a little overwhelmed by all the things happening. I was, yeah. like, I was like, oh, it's AR. Oh, I got to aim. Oh, I got to right. steer. Like, like if I, like it's clearly something that I think you'd get better at by practicing. Or maybe yeah. I'm just. I'm, I'm partly I'm just. Older. Probably your second time, you double your score. Oh, for yeah. probably up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like you get, you have to get used to the idea that it's only where you look mm-hmm. that something's happening. And then like, but going through all this stuff is pretty cool. And then the la- the big finale, of course, is Rainbow Road, and that looks amazing. Like yeah. it, it's a really it's 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 fun. I wish it was faster. I wish it was a little more interactive because like the steering doesn't actually really do a whole lot. Um, was it worth the 50-minute wait? No. Yeah, that's what I um, figured. <laughs> but, it, I mean, for once. Yeah. Like, would I, do, would I wait 50 minutes again? Probably not. But would you would go I, back to Super Nintendo World again? No, but I would consider it, like, a worthy inclusion to a day at Universal, you know? I've seen the video footage. You come out of the tunnel... And then it's just like a square. And that's yeah. pretty much it, right? That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's in the middle. It's and kind that's of disappointing. It's really cool I mean, when you it looks see awesome. it in person. Like when you yeah. see it in person, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like they did it up. But um, it's so small. It is small. But right? like Especially when you have the, like the Harry Potter world that's uh, to yeah, compare it but to. Universe, I mean, also Harry Potter world is bigger, but Harry Potter world's empty. Is it? Like, there's not much in there. Like there's there's the ride. Are people not going in there anymore? They are. I don't mean it's empty and that there's nobody in there. I mean there's not much to do. There's a lot of empty. Yeah. There's you know there's this there's a couple shops and the wand thing and the two rides in back mm-hmm. and the the bar and the restaurant. That's but still like, way a lot more than Nintendo. Yeah, World, but there's though. not much else. There. I mean re- restaurant. They have a restaurant and the wand shop and the one roller coaster and the 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 fantastic voyage journey thing mm-hmm. whatever and like a little stage where people perform stuff. Super Nintendo Land pretty much has the same thing. Like yeah. they, they only have one ride, but they'll probably have another one eventually. Um, they have a restaurant and they have a gift shop that you couldn't get any food out. from. No, they have a gift shop. You come out through the through the one. How's the gift shop? Eh, really? I mean, tons of Mario. That's stuff. disappointing. I mean, it's, it's tons and tons of Mario stuff. I don't care about Mario. Yeah, you know, like to Mar- the I mean, kids will though. One of the one of my friends that was with us, like her brother collects like exclusive Mario stuff and, and theme park stuff. And she bought a bunch of stuff for him because mm-hmm. stuff you can only get at the theme park. Yeah. Like if you love Mario stuff, you're going to find a, a shirt you like for a character you like, I guarantee you they're in there somewhere or a figure or a stuffed animal or something like they cover the whole spectrum on Mario stuff, but that's it. It's not Nintendo world. It's Mario. Yeah. If there was like a bunch of Zelda or Metroid That's why I stuff, thought it was Super Mario world because it, it's all Mario. No, it is all Mario. Yeah, like, there's no Zelda or anything in there. No. I mean, I wish there was. Yeah. I would be more interested. Maybe that's in, what the second ride will be. Maybe. I don't You'd have to retheme some stuff because it's all Mario. Yeah. It's, I it's, mean, a, it's the Mushroom Kingdom when you go in there. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, look, it's very, it's amazing to go in there and see that. I mean, even yeah. as someone who does not care about Mario all that much, yeah. you go in there like, wow. Like yeah. the, especially see it all there, especially because Universal. Like, I mean, I don't want to bash Universal, but like, it ain't Disney. You know? <laughs> it's not. But it's you know, but so many people go there. They come to they LA. Ste- you know, it's but they like stepped up for someplace the Harry- everyone goes. They, they stepped up for the Harry Potter stuff. They did. The Harry Potter yeah. stuff is very good. 
and um, a Galaxy's Edge kind of raised the bar again, and they fired back with this one. Like this is this is immersive. Like you're in this world in a way that only really Galaxy's Edge matches. Okay, like That's it's impressive. very good. And the the key is, and this is one thing that I did that didn't come across in the still photos of the thing because like, okay, cool. I said everything is moving. Like the whole th- land is so kinetic. Like I've seen footage of moving it. and happening. Like when the- you walk out of that tunnel, yeah. it's just stuff going everywhere. everywhere. Th- yeah. There's thwomps dropping and shooting yeah. steam out when they land, and like there's you know, there's the kids running around, jumping up and hitting blocks that are yeah. like ding ding ding. Like, a, yeah. like it's all there. <laughs> like right, cool. in front, it's it's yeah. cool. Like it's really cool. And but like, not worth somebody traveling from like New York out no, to here no, to go to it. Well, I mean, if you travel from New, York, from New York out to here, you'd spend one. I mean, you you can do the entire Universal Studios Hollywood Park in half a day you can there's easily well i have multiple times ridden every ride in the park in an afternoon yeah and then we're like okay we're done let's go everybody like, who visits me here goes there it's and then they always yeah, come fun. back and they're like it kind of sucked yeah I'm but like, i told you it kind of sucked but it's also kind of fun you can just go for a day yeah. and do some stuff get and sunburned get, some, get sunburned. Eat and like, some overpriced food and it was a little you know it was kind of a half day for us because jurassic world was closed mm-hmm. and like a bunch of stuff was being re- you know the, and the, like and it was a little crowded because there are people there going to the nintendo thing but you had to go in at a certain time mm-hmm. so there was more people there's in the park rush. than normal because they're waiting for their time so this part's like oh you want to go to transformer sure transform what's the wait on transformers 60 minutes fuck that like you know i will not wait more than 20 minutes for most of the rides at Me. universal no way it's not um, worth it it was also very cold yeah it was like 50 degrees it's still cold here um this winter won't leave la it's pretty no, crazy it's very <laughs> we were on the tram and it was freezing <laughs> we did like the studio tour yeah. thing and it was fr- also they we saw the new nope thing they added a nope oh, section really? to the studio tr- tour where you go through the little uh little like carnival place like i haven't little- seen nope still Oh, it's good. I need to see it. You know, it's great. But, like, this is the most underwhelming way to to incorporate this in the world. Like, it's like, oh, this is where, like, the thing happened. And, like, all the music comes up. And you're like, what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing. You just drive on into the Fast and the Furious section. (laughs) That's funny. Which still is the most entertaining part of that section. Because... I don't know. I mean, no one really showed up. You mean the Jaws pond doesn't do it for you anymore? No no one really showed up for the film sections of the Fast and Furious part of the ride. Yeah. But I don't know if I've ever seen someone phone it in harder than Tyrese in in that ride. Like, like that man barely showed up. And I swear, so there's a scene where he leads a bunch of girls into a party, and he's like, and he's confronted by this FBI guy. And he's like, what, man? You can't shut the party down. I, I ironed my shirt for this. And, like, he's wearing this shirt that is so rumpled. Yeah. It looks like someone pulled it out of a car trunk. And I'm like, <laughs> that has to be an improv because he was upset that the shirt he had to wear right. looks like shit. Yeah, yeah. Like that ha- and, like, that's in the ride. Like, that made it to this. He only take the hat or something. I don't know. That's um, anyway, yeah. uh, it, as a part of a whole day, I kind of leisurely taking in Hollywood Studios, it's it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's 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 another reason. It's to another go. reason to go, yeah. and they need those. They do for sure. They do for sure. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. I just think that for the next six months or so, it's going to be so crowded because it's the new hotness. Yeah. That it's gonna not going to be worth fighting your way in. I'm going to try to go in March. It wasn't super crowded as it was when I was there because it was all being controlled by people get, coming in at a certain time and all that stuff. And if you left after you came in, you couldn't go back in. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you had constant foot traffic. But that thing's going to fill up and be shoulder Because there's only two ways. There's a one-way in and one-way out. And otherwise, you're basically corralled in a, a big circle. Yeah. And it's going to... And, you know, it was, the worst part was when Mario and Luigi showed up. And they did their they little appearance thing. Yeah. And in the middle of the of the, the land sort of clogs up with people. And there's no way to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's... But, it, but it's a lovely, charming, very impressive in terms of theming and bringing this, you know 
2D video game to life. Uh, like I thought it was very cool. Am I am I begging to go back again anytime soon? Not really. I've seen it. Yep. I've seen it. I, I, I have a feeling I'll go once and I'll be good. Yeah. And like if you ever go back to Universal again, like you'll be like, yeah, I'll go and, and check, check it out. Check it out like, with sure. somebody new. Like I would like to go back and actually eat at the restaurant yeah, where you yeah. can get the Mario food. And I'm yeah, interested yeah. in that. But other than that, like I feel like I did it. And I don't really feel the need to. It's not like the Falcon ride where I do that over and over again. Yeah. I don't think the AR and the main ride thing come together too well on the, on the Mario Kart thing for the most part. I think it'd be more fun for kids. Um, and now they're having an issue where I guess you can't ride that ride if your waist waistline is more than 40 inches. Apparently, there's a, there's a size limit to the restraints, uh, to, the, to, the, to the way the restraints work. Yeah. And um, That's making some salty people. I'm like, I'm like, oh boy, someone didn't know their audience. <laughs> um, but, uh, so that was, I, was, I said it nicely. It's yeah. making some angry people, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is a limit on most of the Universal rides. Usually yeah. a lot of the rides have like a larger seated cars to yeah. like move in and swap. This one does not yet at any, way, at any rate. Um, also, I did not know until I saw people arguing, but apparently 40 inches is the average waist size in America now. Are you kidding me? So that's uh, so that's just bad planning when it comes down to it. That's most horrifying. of the people getting on, at least most of the parents getting on that ride are going to be about that size. Like you're, you got a forty inch waist. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. There's Matt's field report from Super Nintendo World, not Super Mario World. I don't know why I kept calling it yeah, that. Well, because it looks like Mario World. It is yeah. Mario. I mean, Mario World is the primary theme there. I mean, yeah. it looks like it makes me think of. Super Nintendo, Super Mario World, yeah. Super Mario Bros. Four, like, yeah. like it's this, it's the Super Nintendo game is the largest ins- inspiration there. I would say, especially on the the walls, like the the surrounding stuff. It, it, it's all Mario World stuff. Yeah, um, and Mario. I will say, like the Mario Kart stuff, like covers all the things. Like it, it you feel like they, they hit cover all the bases. Whoever made it really knew their stuff. Um, uh, it was interesting. We were, we're waiting in line. And some Miyamoto. Of my, some of my friends. Yeah, Miyamoto. You can tell Miyamoto consulted on all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all in there. Uh, some, some of my friends were wondering, like, is Chris Pratt going to be the, the voice on <laughs> the, the Mario ride? Mario in the ride. And it turns out nobody is the voice on the ride because no one says anything. There's really? no dialogue. It's just, it's just all sound. It's like, oh, I mean, I'm sure, like, there's the incidental sounds from Mario Kart where, like, you hear Peach going, oh, no, no. Like, right. But, like, there is no dialogue. Yeah. So that's, I guess, an evergreen choice. Yeah. Okay, there you go. That's Game Face 328. But before we go, we got one last thing. Uh, OCD Master's asking what the best ride at Universal is. Um, there isn't one. Eh, I mean, the best, I would say it's probably either the Harry Potter Fantastic Journey, whatever, I can't remember what it is, or Jurassic World. Jurassic World's uh, revamp really made that ride next level. Okay. Like the big fight at the end. But it's still better than... Um, it's still not as good as the Velocicoaster, from what I understand, which is in uh, Orlando. Okay. All right. It's time for Name That Game. It's a little game we play at the end of every episode of Game Face, where I show you five screenshots, and you guess the name of the game. You need to beat Matt. You need to guess the name of the game before him. You guys win all ties. And if you do win, you win a free game. A couple things before we get going. If you've won already this year, you cannot play. You are out. Do not guess. Do not take part. Kick your feet up. Watch everyone else play. Number two, the chat is put onto slow mode, so you cannot just keep typing game names into the chat. You get one guess every 60 seconds, so make them count. I think that's the best job I've ever done explaining that game. And with that, we're ready to rock. And here, are you ready, Matt? Mm-hmm. Here is your first 
Image. Oof. Um, Someone may get it from that. That does look familiar. <laughs> I'm just saying. Let's see if we get any guesses here. Kind of looks like Horizon Zero Dawn, but it's too flat. Not Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh my god. Veritas got it. There, okay. Oh my god. Monster Hunter World. The first guess. Wow. From anybody. I mean, you got to remember that people have spent a lot of time staring wow. at that ground. Veritas. That is amazing, dude. Wow. Oh, man. You deserve like 20 rounds of applause. That's incredible. <laughs> wow, dude. That is, if that's the most impressive name that game win ever. Ever. Wow, man. That is great. Dude. I don't know. I did one once that made you very mad. Yeah. Early, yeah, early. Right. Yeah. 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 You, no, the, the, the one, no, the, 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 I can't remember which one I did that was that. The one that made you the most mad was Portal. When yeah. They, when they got Portal off the, the close-up. Of the, of the art, one. basically. Yeah. 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 That's what I still figured out how this was going to work. Uh, Swanlin says he may have to end with the floor textures. I mean, that's insane, dude, that you I mean, got you, that. You play a game long enough, you're staring at the ground texture for a long time. You do, but, I mean, it changes constantly. That is impressive, man. Great job, man. Here's the rest of them. Someone says, can we do another round? This is all I have. I only do one per episode. <laughs> yeah, he's not just pulling these from a, a hat. Dude. Yeah, I have to actually do pre-production. I have to do pre-production on this. Here's the second image. Oh, yeah. Although I might, I might have almost gone Xenoblade Chronicles X. There's a lot of uh, games it could have been. I, that, yeah, that, that looks like a bunch of weird alien world things. Yeah, it could have been a bunch of games. Here's a third one. And there, if you see in the bottom right, you can see one of the horns from the monsters there. And that would have been like your first overt hint at what the game is. Here's the fourth one. And you can see an actual monster there on the left. It's like Club Tail. And I think the trees may have given it away for people who really played it. And then here is the fifth one, which if you didn't get it at this point, <laughs> you didn't play Monster Hunter World. Yeah. It actually shows a creature there. But man, congratulations. That is awesome. Once again, I'll give you another round of applause because that was just amazing. Man. Veritas says I have over 1,000 hours in Monster wow. Hunter World. That, that is incredible, it. Veritas. That's amazing. Congrats, man. That's really good. Um, so send us a DM here on Twitch. You can uh, send me a DM on Twitter at Dinfire. You can send Sifted a DM on Twitter at Sifted Games. You can hit me up on the site at Shane. However, you want to get at me, uh, just let me know, and we'll get you your free code for your free game. Congratulations once again. Amazing, amazing job. Um, we actually, since you saw that so quickly, well... We'll answer one or two questions. We're already at time, but we'll answer one or two before we go. Uh, let's see. What do you got for us, guys? Uh, the Legacy, who just won, name that game. What's your take on James Gunn DCU Chapter 1 announcement? Matt and I talked about this right before we went live with the show. We were talking about it for like 10 minutes. Do you want to give your quick synopsis of what how you feel about it? Um, sure. <laughs> like, look, you give me a good... Uh, you give me a good... Superman movie, I'll, I'm on board, but like, I, I I don't think, I'm most concerned, I think, about two things. First, um, I don't see the point of an Amanda Waller movie. I don't see the point of the, the creature, the, the animated thing you talked about. Like, like it, it, those feel like side projects that, that need to exist during a, like, successful 
cinematic universe. Like, <laughs> like you don't start with that. Um, yeah. It's weird that they're they're which they may never get to. Yeah, by the way, it's weird that they're kind of hamstrung by not being able to use Batman fully. So weird because yeah. they're stuck with this thing where like Bat, you know, the Batman has its own thing going with Matt Reeves' sequel, and you mm. can't really use Harley because she's in the stupid Joker sequel. And you're just sort of stuck doing, you know, and so now we're going to talk about a Booster Gold movie. Great. Really? Okay. I, mean, I haven't remarked yet on your Grimlock shirt, by mm-hmm. the way, which is just amazing. I mean, look, you can, you can, I mean, James Gunn himself has turned a bunch of D-list characters into household names with yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. So it can yeah. be done. I just, I wonder how much longer you have, how many more, you know, team of, of unknown misfits, assholes, Forced, forced to form a team and then bond by Act Three because they all allow themselves to be vulnerable in their shared trauma. <laughs> movies you really have in you, you know, because right. like, yeah. that's basically Guardians. Yeah. It's also what his Suicide Squad was. Yeah, it's clearly what that monster thing he animated thing was. Also, they did a short of that in the DC Blue Ribbon or the Warner Brothers Blue Ribbon Animation Prestige short things, and mm-hmm. that they did one of that property. I can't even remember what it creature something like that I, I can't remember what mm-hmm. it was but like it, it, that's how that's how bad it tanked like no one cares <laughs> like it's it's a it's a tall order but like you know I guess Gal Gadot's gonna continue as Wonder Woman and Momoa's gonna keep being Aquaman and maybe Ezra Miller will continue to be Flash depending if they get their act together and they seem very optimistic about that I'm like okay that's a weird hill to die on uh, for this this actor who maybe kidnapped someone yeah, like, I, yeah. <laughs> what are they doing there okay <laughs> like, crazy, I, feel, I feel like you could find someone to play the flash who yeah. isn't quite loaded down with that kind Might of baggage be prison, yeah. would not be going through quite so much court proceedings <laughs> uh, also you could just have someone play Wally West who was a way better character than Barry Allen ever was sorry I said it um yeah. Uh, but we'll see what happens in Flashpoint, I guess. It sounds like the guy who directed Flashpoint might be the guy who ends up directing um, the Superman movie, Superman Legacy. Um, it's interesting that like, some people have been upset with Gunn for like writing so much stuff himself in Chapter 1. I'm like, well, look, like I get that you're upset that maybe he didn't open it up to more people or more voices or more diverse writers. But like at this point, just bring it all in no. and get it done. Let him like, do get it. I would it, say let him do it, it too. Yeah, like, I'm sure James Gunn has a decent him. Superman story in yeah. him somewhere. Um, the guy who wrote that that Guardians holiday special has a good Superman story in him, yeah. I think. I think he's proven um, himself. I wouldn't question him at all. No, but I think... Um, it's an uphill battle. I props to him for taking on what I think is probably an impossible task, rehabilitating the DC cinematic universe under the auspices of Warner Brothers complete inept uh, leadership. Uh, I think it's fascinating that the reason we're even here in the first place is because Warner Brothers suits basically panicked over the end of the Harry Potter series and realized they needed another like killer IP blockbuster franchise. So they rushed DC into into production to compete with the MCU and gave it to the worst imaginable person to make a Superman movie, Zack Snyder, um, who does not understand the character on a level that is almost impressive. Um, he's probably got a good Batman movie in him, yeah. But it was he is not the person to give Superman to, yeah. And we proved that over and over again. So um, it's good luck to him. Um, I think it's in the best hands he could possibly... I mean, it was good news. I think it was good news for DC In terms of the people who'd be willing to take the job, yeah, James Gunn is about as good as it gets. The other issue that I have, and it's not not anything to do with him, it's just that he said that the model seems to be they come up with the idea and they pitch it to Warner Brothers, basically, and have them give them the money for that. That feels way too at the mercy of idiots for me. (laughs) It feels like... 
it feels like you could have a plans laid out and then you pitch one of the things in the middle of the plan and the suits say no and now what do you do yeah you know like it feel it does not feel like he has control in the way feige has control and true feige only has control because he had such success in the early parts and before disney even bought them but like I don't know. I, I feel like it'd be easy for some idiot who graduated with a nepotistic marketing degree to short circuit this, despite James Gunn's best efforts. And we'll see if that happens. I just hope we get a de- the first good Superman movie in forty years would be worth it all on its own, probably. So we'll see. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll get some good animation out of it because uh, James Gunn does, you know, value animation and thinks animation is a valid storytelling medium. Yeah. So that would be great to have kind of the DC animation. DC animation has, has been killing it over Marvel for many, many years anyway. But it would be nice to see that that department sort of revamp because they've been working on shoestrings for years and it's sh- begun to show. So we'll see. Um, it's just it's just such a weird situation to find yourself in. And like it's. It's hard to know where the expect- it should be a license to print money. It should be. It's, it's hard to know where the expect- <laughs> it's hard to know where the expectations so fall. Like there's people that are saying like, well, it's fine because like Iron Iron Man was C list when when Iron Man came out, and that's true. Iron Man was a C list character that no one cared cared about for yeah. for most of our lives. Like, yeah. yeah but I but, liked him, but yeah, I, I always liked Iron Man. I always played him in the in the Capcom fighting games that mm-hmm. he was in. Um, he's a cool idea. Like the mm-hmm. iron, the power armor suit is a cool idea, just inherently. Um, but he was no one. He was no, like, all, all yeah. the Avengers were nothing for our yeah. entire. Like, they were also Rands. It was just it was mutants and Spider Man. That was it. Yeah, and they didn't even know. They they had so little idea what to do with the Avengers at one point. They killed them all off and had uh, Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld reboot them for God's sake. Yep. And go back and read the Rob Liefeld Captain America if you want to really torture yourself. Good God. <laughs> Are we going to wrap like, this up? Yeah. But um, expectations have changed because the re- one of the things that were that Iron Man and the early MCU had going for it was no one had any expectations for it. No one expected anything out it of it. It came movie. out of nowhere, yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I very... Just, I couldn't believe it when people told me how good it was. No, and I, I went very saw it and I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> I very specifically remember that opening where he gets like bombed and kidnapped yeah. and like, then like, you know, the, the hood gets pulled off and it goes cuts to Iron Man. I'm like... Holy shit! I'm invested yeah. in an Iron Man movie. Yeah. What the? Yeah. Like so, yeah. But good. now it's you know the bar is up here now, and you have to deliver what audiences expect. And DC hasn't been able to do that. And uh, the 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 counter here is that James Gunn has been able to do that yeah. multiple times. So we'll see yeah. in a couple years or more. I don't know if they're going to stick to that 2025 Superman release date, but uh, two years is not a long time to make a movie that big. Yeah, it's not. Yep. Didn't work out too well for Rise of Skywalker. I'm just, just saying. I'm saying get it right rather than get it out. I'd agree. Yep. Okay. Unfortunately, that's going to have to stop there. We can't answer any more questions. We're already way over time. Thanks to everyone who got the questions in. I'm sorry. Don't ask I me about superhero movies. Yeah, I knew it. I knew when I chose that question, I knew what was going to happen. Um, but anyway, first of all, thank you to our sponsor, LS Cream. Um, LS Cream, by the way, is a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirits International Competition. I had no idea, but well-deserved. If you enjoy drinking, and if you enjoy drinks like Bailey's, you should definitely check out LS Cream. Head to creamls.com. There's everything there, all the information on the drink. There's a store locator. You can find it anywhere. Support sifters, support gamers. LS Cream, made by a sifter, made by a gamer. And it will definitely change the coffee game if you put it in the coffee. That's right. 
I mean, yeah, you can mix it with all tons of stuff. Mix it with anything. Yeah. Yes. It's really good. Well, not any. I wouldn't put it in a margarita, but like. <laughs> that you, would be interesting. That would be a little weird. But like you, anything that's like, you know, going for like non-fruity sweet. If you're going for yeah. more. You, know. you make espresso, mar- espresso martinis. Yeah. All kinds of fun stuff. Uh, so that's it for Game Face. If you're listening to this show out on any of the podcast services and it's everywhere and you want to support us head to patreon.com slash sifted that's s-i-f-t-d without the e you can pledge whatever you want but if you pledge at four dollars or more you get all our content at least four days early in the case of pactor factor you get it a week early and another thing to remember too is that if you are a patron you do not have to watch ads so we get people who complain sometimes on youtube that we run ads on our show by the way we only run an ad. It, it, the most frequent we ever get with ads is one every 12 minutes. And we still have people who complain. It's like, I don't know about you, Matt, but like every YouTube video I watch, within the first 45 seconds of that video, there's an ad. Mm. Because they know people will start watching it and they'll close out and they want to get that ad. We don't do any of that stuff. So people who are giving us crap about our ad frequency, come on, man. Do you watch any other content on YouTube? And two, if it bothers you that much, head to patreon.com slash sifted and pledge and you get an ad-free version of our show. So on behalf of Matt and our other co-host Luna, I'm Shane. We'll be back here next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Game Face is up and out.